You're about to witness a seismic event. Talk brunch where the geeks are all being faces. Now, let the party begin. Live, start the countdown. Three, two, one. What's up, fellow brunchers? Welcome to Talk Brunch Live. October 14th, 2019. I'm your host as always, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, and listen to episode 346. Co-piloting the brunch ship with me as always is Mr. Dustin Frazier. Hey, yo, Fury. Trust the can, son. Top that. <laughs> oh, man. So tonight, we're going to talk about a lot of the things happening with the updates in regards to WWE 2K20. We're going to go into what people, various superstars, thought about their ratings. Because that's always a thing every single year. We're going to talk about Mike Kanellis recently requesting his WWE release. Bret Hart telling Kevin Nash to go to hell. And X-Pac cleared the air about what the issue was. Jim Ross talking about his talks with Dixie Carter. And of course, Jeff Hardy and his bloody-nosed mugshot. Lots of things coming up, so stay tuned. Shout out to the chat room. All of you beautiful people out there that have been hanging out with us this entire night, including Kula Ice and Emang and Joe Woko, Stasis Dreams, Mark710 just joined us in the chat room. I suck at this too. Don't worry, we all suck at something. And also all of those currently listening to the live broadcast over at talkbrunch.com. And of course, the rest of you who are listening on demand via iTunes, Stitcher, and all other popular podcatcher apps. Don't forget, we're available on every major digital audio provider, including SoundCloud. Just search Talk Brunch and you can visit us at Talk for that plus our social media links as well as replays to all of our content and now don't forget you could just use your alexa and just say alexa play the talk brunch podcast you find us that way as creepy as that is i know i just activated a lot of alexas out there turn it off when you listen to this <laughs> what you Shouldn't doing be any multitasking here come on so tonight's opening discussion is going to involve wwe 2k20 because they've released the My Career Mode trailer. I don't know if you've seen it yet or not, Destin. Yeah, I've seen it, and I even know uh, the backstory of the story this year. Interesting. I don't. I never even finished last year. I feel so guilty. Yeah, you ain't as much. No. I, no. I got to the part where, spoiler, where the guy betrayed me. I remember that much, but then I, I, oh, I lost yeah, interest. But anyway, here's the... Uh, let's look at this before we talk anymore. We WWE superstars ourselves. But if I've learned anything, it's that nothing is truly unattainable. Congrats on the Hall of Fame. We were just telling Pac all about how we got started. We're going to make a list of everything we'll accomplish someday when we become WWE superstars. Say I'm crazy, but I really think I don't care. I bet you're here for Bret Hart, eh? I'm ready for people to know who I am. I'm with you through good and bad. We're a package deal. Package deal. You have to be realistic. Look, I will make it. It's on our list. In this business, there's only one surefire way to cement your legacy and become immortal. The 
Reaper is waiting to drag you through the fires of hell. Yes! The ocean of reincarnation! Come out here and accept my challenge. If you're not going to give me a title match, then I'll just have to beat one out of you. You just risked everything for me. Show them why you belong here. Hey! If you want to keep running your mouth, then come over here and do it to my face! You can't recast me! What happens next? Other than Trey running for his life, I have no idea! That trophy could be ours. Don't hold back. I never do. I respect your loyalty. That goes a long way in this business. This isn't over. Well, they certainly know how to make trailers. Oh, yeah. You know. I'm working to make each day a little bit. Oh, hell no. Yeah, no, she's lucky I was still setting up over here since that was the opening thing. This ain't about you, Sarah. Yeah, we have to go through that shit on Hulu too much. I always bash (laughs) Hulu on here, right? I think you did. That's like just beating in my thing. Thank you for the whole school ice. And also, that reminds me of turn on our alerts for that kind of shit. (laughs) Oh, okay. But yeah, it's going to be a cool deal this year. First detail is that apparently this uh, My Career mode, from what 2K devs have said, it's going to be twice as long as last year. I think uh, 20 to 25 hours is what I've been hearing. Really? So it's going to be a long one. But um, what's cool is the whole backstory is those two that we saw, not a couple, not siblings. They are Trey and Red, lifelong best friends who actually your career mode is going to start at the Hall of Fame. Because what we're going to be playing through this year is them telling their story of how they started from high school kids, making a list of things they wanted to do in the WWE till they make it to the big time. So the whole game's a flashback? The whole game, in a sense, is almost like retelling them, them telling that tale of how they got to the Hall of Fame. Like, you basically get to experience what they went through. Uh-huh. I mean, you say they showed some of the sneak peeks of things we're going to deal with, uh, a women's money in the bank ladder match where Red's involved. Trey tagging with um Trey tagging in the uh Dusty Classic, tr- another trip to the multiverse. But um, it's, it's looking like it's going to be quite the stack story this year. I've been hearing something of around forty different superstars all uh did voiceovers. I haven't heard if Cena did it. I hope he did. <laughs> yeah, like could he make time in his busy schedule for us now? He wasn't able to do it back then. Why should we believe that right. he's able to do it now? You know. Like, like, come on, Cena. Does Cena have time for us right now? Right. Are, yeah. we, are we not good enough for you, Cena? <laughs> but if it was a bunch of Make-A-Wish kids playing, you'd have time for that, wouldn't you? But no. <laughs> He'd move nah, them he... on down. <laughs> uh, but uh, one of the cool things I found, um, apparently from what I've heard this year, unlike previous years, you'll actually be able to use your My Career player outside of um, outside of My Player's mode. So it'd be exhibition, it looks like universe, anywhere you'll be able to place them. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's okay. I mean, I've never been, I've never liked using my career people. I don't even like making them. To me, a feature would be if you just let me use a regular superstar and play the career because I don't like having to, uh, I hate creating characters. I'm not a creator. Oh, dear God. Yeah, I just found, uh, I was just bringing it up on screen. Like, I found the, uh, Adam Cole. They apparently they released his entrance. Yeah, he's, he's a lot more detailed this time around. Yeah, that's what I'm bringing up here. I'll lower it if that was too loud. 
wouldn't do bad. Just scared that shit out of me, but I'm ready for it. No, but, it's Twitter. So, like, Twitter, you know the way it is oh, when, yeah. you, when, when you scroll past shit, it just comes to life. Yeah. So, so that's sort of what happens on our screen at times. But yeah, here it is. <laughs> no. Looks like things just got a little more undisputed. The following contest is scheduled for. Hmm, not bad looking, huh? Yeah, a lot more detail going this year. That's why the case for a lot of these superstars out there. A little bit more detail in some cases. Looks good. Listen, the truth is, Corey, when it was announced that Adam Cole was joining NXT, joining WWE, there was a lot of expectation bestowed upon what he might accomplish. In fact, WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin has even had some very complimentary words to say about Adam Cole. But the thing about Adam Cole is that he has thus far lived up to those expectations. Good. Very well done. Yeah. The man looks good. Got two last names, too. Any relation? Oh, I get it. Any relation? Because he's Michael Cole. One of my favorite YouTubers even pointed out the fact that they went to that. But it's kind of funny, speaking of the Undisputed Era, I was uh, seeing some of the different entrances that have been released today. We are getting Kyle O'Reilly's championship entrance. So he will play his belt to the ring. <laughs> we didn't get that last year. Yeah, I wonder why they didn't do it. They were just lazy, right? They're like, ah, oh, we don't even yeah. know if we're going to keep this dude yet. Right. They, they didn't know if they were going to keep them around just yet. Now they know, and they're like, fuck it, let's go. So Sasha Bank was rated an 80, apparently. Is this what oh. I'm hearing? Yeah, I think I, I haven't even seen what anybody's ratings yet was. It's the truth, but yeah, and she apparently got angry or something. I don't know if she's working the you know if it's a gimmick thing, but she came off as offended. You know, so this is a see here's the the tweet right here. Eighty. That's why I said no to your stupid commercial WWE games. But you were in the commercial, Sasha. <laughs> yeah, eighty is her overall rating. That's not a bad rating. I remember girls getting nothing but seventies in all the games. Right, I remember when he was at seventy five. He was a shitling. Yeah, exactly. I remember <laughs> when it, was, it was out of the question. You were the Brock Lesnar of the women's division. If you got anything above seventy, you can make. Yeah, so eighty to be in the sixties. I didn't even realize that they were putting girls at eighties because all, all. If you look back at old games, find me one girl, any girl. Go back a couple years, find me any girl that's ever been an eighty ever. Even at seventy five, I'll give you credit for that. Yeah, ex- exactly. Find you 75, <laughs> as a matter of fact. I can't even think of a 75. Are you kidding me? If she's mad at an 80? <laughs> you better be glad you got an 80. That's a new ranking system. Because we, we, could, subtract, we could have subtracted some for every month you've been gone. Like, Shit, there were girls that were like 66s in the old games. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw a 50 at least once. <laughs> yeah, 80's awesome. There were dudes that are 80. There's some dudes that aren't even 80. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you think you think Mojo Raw is an eighty Sasha? Yeah, Jesus Christ, she got to be working. Can't no way, no way. Yeah. She's not You're working. an eighty Sasha. Carmella, Carmella replied and said, "LOL, I had an I had an eighty in two K nineteen. I was jumping for joy. It's a game." <laughs> Yo, she 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 bred harder her. Like she, he's like, "What you complaining for?" Like, 
Yeah, how are you going to be angry with an 80? <laughs> you know how high an 80 is? Do you know, like how, said, you know how long I have to grind on my career player to get an 80? Is Sasha an 80? I mean, <laughs> at the minimum, I would say at least. Like, it's an 80, I guess. I mean, it depends. I have to see in relative to what the other girls are ranked, and then we decide what Sasha would be. Yeah, it depends on what the other ones are. Yeah, like what's the highest? What's Becky Lynch? If we're going by their lore, you know, what's what's Charlotte and Becky Lynch? I'm bringing up a video here of them. Uh, yeah, that wasn't trivia music. <laughs> That'd be great. Right? I'd have failed. <laughs> I lost us that round. I'm telling you that right now. We would not go to Fast Money. No, I'm queuing up another 2K20 thing. We have a bunch of them, so I'm just trying to queue them up as fast as possible. Oh, yeah. 2K fired out everything the past few days. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, here they're talking. They're, they're showing the reactions people had to their to their rankings. I guess there were Very hard people pissed. that were not happy as well. Oh wait, they're gonna try to add us. I saw it coming. What's up, Death Magnetic? Hey, what's up, dude? Hey, he got a higher rating than Sasha too. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a minute, guys. We're just queuing up the the reactions of the different people. I guess they put out a video of just different superstars' reactions to uh to their rating. Yes, this has got a good point. Like, what about even? There any mid carders that are even eighties? Because I don't know if I can think of any. Any mid carders in their eighties? Like, um, when it comes to their ratings, I mean, maybe Ziggler. A Ziggler or like a Billy Gunn would generally be an eighty, wouldn't he? Yeah, somewhere around that. Yeah. Oh, well, he could be the one Sasha Banks like here to show the world. Like, what you doing? Yeah. All right, here we go. We got the video now. I promise this time, Scout's honor. Over sharing it with the man Becky Lynch is just such an unbelievable honor. The new WWE 2K20 is pretty freaking incredible. First of all, to be on there on the cover with the big dog looking all badass and stuff. And is is Let's make it big. Sorry, audio only people. Well, we wanted it big. Giggity. Yeah, that was that was something that uh, phenomenal. It's an exciting Lana didn't say a tonight. Fan out of <laughs> I don't remember my last year's rating. The previous rating was 83. This year, your rating in WWE 2K20 is 90. Oh, Becky's a 90. That's quite the jump. I like it. Yeah. I okay, think she's probably the highest rated one in the game. Does anybody have a hundred? Nobody has a hundred. Okay, well then thank you, 90. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's room to grow. I love it. I love it. So I thought we should play a game. I'm going to ask you, higher or lower, what you think um, other WWE Superstars ratings are compared to yours. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Hulk Hogan, higher or lower than yours? Lower. Boy, that's not right. <laughs> I'm 16 times world champion. Just because he's the biggest star doesn't mean he's better. <laughs> Stick, higher or lower? Than me? Yes. Lower. Wow, that's because I'm older than these guys. See, you're, you're, giving, you're giving them the bump because of the age difference. Higher or lower than me? Lower. 85. Look at that. Trish Stratus is an 87. Lower. 86. Right. China. Lower. 87. Of course, I'm the greatest female wrestler of all time. Continue. 
He's an 84. Most likely, he, he's probably higher, but in reality, he should be lower. You know, Triple H has never been the NXT champion of the world, the greatest NXT champion of all time. Don't you great heart is that? I'm gonna. My heart is telling me. Wait, lower, so Triple H is an 89. They gave him a higher rating. Yeah. He's 89. And, and, and Becky Lynch is a 90. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest of all time. The, the greatest to ever lace up a pair of boots. One of the best who's ever lived. One of the best who's ever done it. He's probably a little bit lower than Adam Cole. Though. Probably a little bit lower. 88 for Shawn Michaels. Still, you're still no Sasha Banks, slide. HBK. He's the greatest ever doing a giant inspiration for me. So should be lower. Last year I was a 92 overall rating. I don't feel like I'm as good as last year because last year was last year and I'm better now. Oh, look at that Roman. I'm at least a 93, 94 for sure. We have to bring 2K down here. We have a little talk about this. But Roman got that. Roman got like that freaking at all. No good. Boo. So he got that. Uh, Remission Zenkai boost. I knew you were gonna do it. I knew it. <laughs> That's what the other two points are for. Oh my god! But yes, as we can see, Becky is also Becky two belts again because yeah. she beat Seth for the uh, up up down down championship, and I think it was injustice. Really? Like she whooped? She whooped him two nothing. Like it was just a it was wipe. Like it was Roman, it was close, but Roman he's right. Roman is too bad and regular. Like I said, he has the Zenkai boost points. <laughs> you know, Roman got off Namek before it blew up. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> he, he came near death and came back stronger than ever. That's oh my the, god! That's what the Zenkai boost is for anyone that doesn't know. <laughs> you know, he got that boost. Anyway, there was the uh, the video linking you guys on social media to it in case you're. Listening on the man, which quite frankly most of you are, gotta come in the chat room, man. It's awesome in here now. You know how much fun it is when you have a lot of people in here. Like, we have visuals; you can see stuff. We need to get that drop of Tyrion. Look at all the fun we're having. <laughs> we need so many drops on this show. <laughs> I need to just write down a list of drops we need. Like, find them one after the other. Yeah. So uh, the other news that we found out from Two K is that uh, they're going to be adding in the Create a Championship mode post-launch for anyone who's wondering. It won't be in the game, but they'll be adding the entire mode in the near future, at least according to them. So, uh, I mean, I guess people really like that creative stuff in there. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Even for me as a non-creator, I definitely like downloading stuff, so... Yeah, the community creations are ridiculous. I mean, I think the guy we always talk about, what is it, Dre41... The stuff that guy makes. Some people, I think we said before, some people buy the games just to make stuff in there. Yeah, there are people like, who like buy the, specifically. The, yeah. They don't game. They just they just there to be creators. There, there's a Pentagon Junior in my universe mode right now. It's just Ray Forty One. That thing looks fantastic. Yeah. Like some some of these guys out there, the stuff they make is absolutely insane. Yeah, so you're gonna be getting the Creator Championship patch, which is uh it's brought into question, even Ringside brought it up, but it's been brought into question as to if you're able to patch in an entire mode, then how come you can't patch in changes? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting question. Like, to give you an example, um, it's been reported that there's a running joke with 2K where whenever they release a WWE game, that right around the launch of the release of the game always seems to be when WWE will change things about or about certain people. So by the time the game comes out, there's something outdated about it, an entrance or someone's outfit or something's changed. So that by the time you get the game, it's it's no longer 
matching the actual WWE universe. And it looks like this time around that thing's gonna be Bailey. Because, oh yeah. Because Bailey, you know, as we'll get into later on, has had a complete change. And uh her new entrance is obviously not going to be included. Same with the Raw and SmackDown stage as well. So Yeah. So um you know certain things we're not gonna get that we're that we're um unfortunate about. We're gonna get the fiend though. Yes, and we finally have seen his full entrance, and holy jeebus. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to look for it. Oh, brace yourself. Uh, 2K? (laughs) But he did a good job? He he looks absolutely fantastic. Cool. Don't worry, I'm bringing it up, I promise, guys. Yeah, Deathmatch, yeah, that was fun. You could have your own music in the game. Yeah, then, I missed that. I used yeah. to, I had all of the TNA and Ring of Honor music in all the games for the, the 360. Like, I always created it. It felt like the authentic thing because you were able to always have the music. Oh, yeah. I used to buy certain CDs just so I could get certain songs in the game. And my creative finisher, the only thing, my only issue with that was that those finishers only had the strength of a signature. You couldn't just, like, one-shot with somebody with some of those things and they would win. That was my only gripe with it. But besides that, yeah, it had been fun. All right, well, let's check out this fiend entrance you were telling me about here. never seen anything like this in my life. What in the world? It's not of this world, Saxton. It's supernatural. The worst nightmares of the WWE Universe have just been realized. This isn't a horror movie you can just turn off. The terror is real. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Making his way to the ring, weighing in at 285 pounds, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. And I think the entire WWE Universe is trying to figure out what exactly we're looking at. It's like a nightmare you just can't wake up from. What the hell is he doing? What a nut job. of detail into this, huh? We're not fucking it around. looks amazing. Look at the detail in the mask. Wow. 
Yeah, Death Magnetic. That was Bray's head. No. <laughs> I had to just try to slip into it. <laughs> but what I like about that, and I didn't really realize it until watching it just then, they even went in as far as detail as to change the tone of the commentators during his entrance. Yeah. Like they I'm, gave they gave you a real sense of like almost terror. I'm gonna turn yeah, the commentators to off like I usually do. Yeah. You know, I don't need commentators in that game. I can't turn them I, off on Raw bad enough. You know, I could turn them off on <laughs> here. I want to hear their asses at all. We commentate our own, our own stuff. I don't want to hear their their commentate their 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 drive guitar version of a commentator. Drive guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what it really is. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe you drive a tire, though. <laughs> Holy really shit. Is, I have to have the AI version of you around me. Get the hell out of here. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm he looks amazing, though. I'm surprised I haven't added a feature to charge $10 more to be able to turn them off. Oh, God. Don't tempt them. You know. But, yeah, the game looks really good uh, visually. Yeah. I mean, at this point, everything's going to look good. We're, we're going into, what are we in? The last, uh, we're in the last 14 months of this generation for anyone who hasn't been keeping up. At least yeah. for, uh, for Sony people, we'll have to see where Microsoft's going to stake their claim. But I would say we have about, give or take, a little over a year, year and a half of this generation. And that's stretching it. And I know people will be like, no, but I've been right about this every time. So, yeah. but yeah, that's stretching it. Like, I'd be really surprised if like, n- like, uh, I don't know. I'd just be really surprised if as long as the last generation transitioned into this one, we would still be having people on the Xbox One and the PS4. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can definitely definitely feel you there. Like, I would be surprised, I guess I would say in 16 months, for everyone to still be on those consoles and to have not have jumped ship already. Because we got 14 months until a launch. You get like maybe three or four more months of longevity if you really want to hang on. So everything's going to look fantastic. You're at the, you're, it's, it's basically the prime of this generation's life. Yeah. But then again, I work in a place where people come in talking about some, y'all still got PS2s? And I'm like, so. Yeah, yeah man, I've I seen had that over here. <laughs> but yeah, like he looks amazing. Even as far as the detail of the mask they went to, getting all uh, those same camera angles from SummerSlam when The Fiend first showed up. Yeah, they did a really good. I'm going to link you guys in the chat room, which means it's also going to be on our Twitter for anyone listening on iTunes. And yeah, uh, the game itself looks really good. And of course, we'll be streaming it on here. You got any other news about it? Um, besides that, that's pretty much it. Like a lot, a lot more and a ton more entrances got rolled out. Uh, they did announce over, uh, this past week that Mia Yim will be making her, um, 2K debut. So from the dollhouse to 2K, let's go. But uh, <laughs> yeah, ton of big names that we're gonna see um, making their first appearances. As we saw, Champa is coming back. Nikki Cross is coming back. Brian Kendrick was announced is coming back as well. Mark Henry, a lot of old faces getting to come back again this year. So even Jerry Lawler, we saw from the Pharaohs. So yeah, it's this roster is gonna be insane this year. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that they're going to be going out with a bang. It's amazing we went through a full generation of these games without them ever giving us the ability to make, to add music back to it ourselves again. Right. I've been hearing everybody, I've been hearing people teasing this whole thing of like linking a Spotify account with it, which I wonder when that's going to happen. And yeah, Death Magnetic at this point, I mean, Taker ain't here long enough to have a higher rating than Becky. So 
You don't show up once every two years and then get a higher rating over 90. Like, <laughs> well, I have to believe that the girls are on a different rating tier. Yeah, that, that's how that's how they've always done it. Their rating is separate from the guys. So you could see Shawn Michaels at an 88 and Becky at a 90. That's not even that's not really te- um, keeping each one into consideration. It's keeping them separate. Yeah. We're gonna definitely have to see. But I know you're excited about it. You already pre-ordered yours? Oh, dude, I got I got it locked in on my system itself and I got it pre-ordered at my store for the PS4. So I'm good on both systems. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's like no game. So, so you're getting it for both platforms? <laughs> yeah. Cause I have people on uh both platforms that are gonna be playing it. That's a bit excessive, I think. Mm. Like, come on, man. Damn. How much two K money are you giving away? <laughs> I got connections, all right. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, this was this was like over a good bit of time. I think like the one for uh, the PS4 one, I just logged that one in not too long ago. So I've had the Xbox one in there for a good bit. So it's not like I just had I didn't go crazy and do it both at the same time. Oh no, too much coming out for me to pull that off. But AEW backstage assault. Wow, you remember those backstage assault games? Oh my like, god, I remember. Oh my god, those were. Those are something else. Death Magnetic, it doesn't. That's the funny part. <laughs> it ended in a stoppage, like a UFC fight. <laughs> I've seen UFC fighters do more. <laughs> All right, so next news story, and this broke recently, broke today actually, is that Mike Canales asked for his uh, release. This is quite um, a fascinating uh, turn of events. If you've been following um, this from the beginning, like that's quite the tale we have here. And it's funny because uh, a couple of days ago, somebody asked him about how he f- felt being relegated to 205 Live. I'm paraphrasing what they said, but his response was something like, what? I love 205 Live. Don't you lie to me. Yeah. But since then, it broke today that he has asked for his release. He has he wrote a statement, which he says, today I asked for my release from WWE. I want to thank everyone in the company who has helped me out and who I have shared a locker room with. I love you all. I've been with the company for almost three years, and I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity. However, it is time for me to move on. I'm only 34 years old and feel I have way too much left in the tank. Working one day a week is just not going to cut it for me. I came to WWE to work, and that opportunity does not exist right now. I re-signed with the company back in June because I thought it was what was best for my family, and maybe from a financial standpoint it was, but I quickly realized that bringing my work frustration and the misery home with me is not good for my family, and I no longer want my daughter to constantly see me come home defeated, sad, and angry. It's not fair to her or my wife. Being a pro wrestler was and is my lifelong dream, and I'm just not ready to give that up yet. I wasted four years of my life addicted to drugs and not caring when i should have been having the best matches of my life now that i'm clean sober and motivated i want to have those 30 minute matches i want to travel the world and wrestle in front of uk crowd german crowd japanese crowds i want to feel the love and excitement wrestling once gave me i also want my daughter to be able to see me wrestle i want her to see her daddy work for his money i've never been okay with just collecting a paycheck and i can't in good conscience tell my daughter she has to work her ass off to get ahead in life then not do it myself uh, I don't know what the future holds, but for the first time in a long time, I'm hopeful and excited. Thank you to everyone who has ever supported me and had my back. I love you. And uh, 
that brings into question whether or not they're going to grant this man his release. Just because he's saying his farewell doesn't mean they're going to say farewell. I mean, exactly. didn't he sign like a, wasn't it like a five-year deal or some crazy shit? Yeah, they, they ain't letting him go. We told you not to sign your dumb ass sign. Now you go sit here and deal with it. All right. You know they ain't letting you go. It's funny. We called this happening from so long ago that I almost didn't think it would. Dude, I knew the second he resigned, he was fubber-nucked. <laughs> they didn't do they did fuck all with you before you before your contract was about to be up what do you think they're going to do after like christ in heaven man unbelievable that he allowed himself to go into that situation knowing how things now, were now, now you're time. sitting up here in a gimmick where your wife pregnant and you're not even on tv half the time what in the hell did they offer him you know what i mean I, that's the bigger question what did they offer him they must have some enticing deals when they try to get you to resign those big fat contracts like that they just they they ask you what you want tell you you're gonna tell you you're gonna get that wait for you to sign the paper and then don't give it to you that seems like about as black and white as their negotiations seem to go why do you think that uh in his case what made you think made him stick around i i i don't even know like i feel like Maybe those first couple of wins back were like something almost like a test run. Like, okay, see, we're actually going to work with you now. And then he signs, and it's just like, boom, now it's gone. Like, I feel it almost seems like they'll dangle the carrot and let you get a nibble, and then the second you get a taste, they take care it away. Yeah. Well, it's, it's uh, it seems like some people have way more hope in this company than they should. Like guys like Mike Canellas are not getting over in this company. Well, he might have put himself in a really bad spot though, and then being yeah. vocal about it, they might just punish him. Oh yeah, they probably he screwed himself because I mean they're not gonna let him go because he is they're gonna assume he's going to AEW and now that he wants to be released, they're going to make this worse. Yeah. Well, that is definitely a problem. I don't know what he was thinking or what exactly happened. Uh the last time I saw him was on two oh five live, as a matter of fact. Uh he, he seemed to be teaming up with Brian Kendry. They seemed to form some sort of an alliance or something, and that was on this past two oh five live. Him and yeah. Kendrick against Tozawa, right? Yeah, they are. They had a street fight. Yeah, so I'm not sure exactly what the hell's going on here. Oh, God, who knows? Yeah. Well, I wish him the best, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle somebody being that open and vocal about the release, you know? Yeah, are they really going to, like, go out and just outright punish him like that, or are they going to give him what he wants? He's going to earn himself either a push or a shove. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah. So there's been a story going around. Basically, there was a Q&A at the Inside the Ropes in Belfast where Bret Hart basically said that uh, at one point the clique offered for him to become like their leader is what he implied. I don't know if you had heard about this. No, I, I remember somebody being like, hey, Bret, you want to be in the clique? <laughs> I feel like I remember that line. <laughs> Has Bret ever done a too sweet before? No, no. <laughs> I don't think he's yeah. ever done a half sweet. You know, it makes you wonder what he too sweet you, bro. Oh God. Would you too sweet me, bro? Oh my God. Write it down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, but um uh, it was a few things that were said during this. One of the things that he talked about was how he doesn't think people like Goldberg should be in the Hall of Fame because they hurt people. 
Yeah, namely him. I bet he's the people that he's talking about. <laughs> Which I'm not going to lie, Goldberg did hurt him, and he probably shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. These are all accurate not things. Not. But most people aren't as vocal about it as Brett. I don't know if we should appreciate him or condemn him for his honesty at times. I mean, certain things I, I, I can understand. I can, I can actually respect that because, I mean, let's be real. What did he do in that one year besides beat guys who were already injured? Though? Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. Sometimes he goes a little overboard, but sometimes he's pretty, he's pretty spot on. Yeah. Well, I don't know what, what one of these times it was, oh, but uh, he claims to have been a member of the clique or he was going to be offered it. But, yeah, here here's the clip. I'm going to link you guys on social media. This is from Inside the Ropes, so it'll be on our social media if you want to watch the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, this is him talking about it. did my what, last night, and uh, Belfast is absolutely true, and Kevin Nash can go to hell. Let me bring this up, though. I don't know if you guys saw this online today. So last night in Belfast, we were talking about uh, winning the belt wrestling at 12, and from that you were talking about the click and stuff, and you had mentioned that you'd been offered to be the head of the click. That was something that happened, and somebody tweeted out about it. They tagged Kevin. And Kevin tweeted back and said, that's not true. He's trolling you. Um, it never happened. So I just wanted to kind of give you a chance and to respond. You should also mention that Kevin said that the Mon- I said the Montreal Screwjob was a, was a work. Yeah. It was all planned out. And <clears throat> well, it's page, page 360 of my book. At the very top, I have the whole thing written in there. And it for sure happened. Um, and it was uh, Scott Hall, Shawn Michaels, and Kevin Nash that approached me in Germany about uh, being the head of the clique and that we would all take control of the top matches and we would uh, decide who worked with who and we would take control of the whole company and start, you know, like Triple H would wrestle uh, Shawn and 123Kid would wrestle. Um, I remember Shawn telling me he would wrestle 123Kid and Triple H and Razor Ramon. He was gonna, all they were gonna do is work with their friends. You know, they're gonna leave out everybody else in the dressing room from Owen to Savio Vega and everyone, anyone else that deserved a, from Lex Luger to whoever you can think of, that they would all get bypassed over and it would be just Shawn's friends and Kevin's friends and 123Kid would wrestle Shawn for the belt and they'd all, They'd control all the belts, and they'd control who makes the money and who gets paid. And I remember going, I don't want to be part of anything like that. It's not fair to the other wrestlers. And uh, I say everybody has a chance. If you're good enough to beat me, if someone's good enough to be the champion, then he'll be the champion because he's good, good enough. And uh, it's in a sense, wrestling's real that way. If you're really over, you're going to become champion. And I didn't see anybody really being over in, in as a threat to me, including Sean, who was like, there's nobody that's going to take my job or take the belt from me just yet. And uh, I didn't want to be part of any clique that uh, controls um, who gets pushed and who makes money and who doesn't. And I, never, never, I still don't think it was fair. <clears throat> and and what I said my what, last night in uh, Belfast is absolutely true. And Kevin Nash can go to hell. I, I, I just say this. I can tell Angry, them what day it happened. Breath. I can tell them what time it happened, and I can tell them who was there when they said it to me. <laughs> Your fucking squire said it never happened. Brett is a backpedaling, gray-haired Indian woman. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, oh my God. It's... That is awesome. <laughs> For anybody who wants to see this, this is also going up. I'm going to drop the links in the chat room right now. He wasn't being a mark for himself so much as he was being a hater to everyone else in there, though. Yeah. He's probably mad because they didn't offer him to be in the clip. And then X-Pac comes out and he tweets and he says, Brett is referring to a conversation Scott and I had with him at the curtain during a show on a Europe tour. Not sure if you and Sean ever knew about it. So look at that. Brett was right. Brett was right. (laughs) (laughs) Tell your sister. <laughs> what the fuck? Tell your sister Brett was right. Write it down. <laughs> Write it down. Tell your sister Brett was right. <laughs> um, so you know, I mean, the guy's never been dishonest before. I believed him before X Pac came forward. Oh God, yeah. You know, who knows. So, in other news, Jim Ross recently spoke in his Grillin' JR podcast a little bit about a story that happened in uh, 2009. And this was uh, a point in which he uh, was offered a job by Dixie Carter. He almost worked for TNA, but they didn't come to terms. But I thought it was interesting. I want you guys to hear it. I'm going to link you to the whole episode if you're interested. I didn't have a... a meeting with Dixie and her family, actually her entire family, her brother, her, her sister-in-law, her mom, her dad, her children, her husband, and me at their ranch in uh, Texas. And uh, they picked me up here in Norman at a, on, their, on a jet, their jet, and flew me down. The flight was 20 minutes, 2-0, 20 minutes. And... Uh, I spent the day and, and most of the evening with them, and I found that I had a phenomenal, truly, uh, really, Conrad, a phenomenal relationship right off the bat with Bob Carter. I could see myself working for him, but we could never get past the hump of, if you want me to cook the dinner, I got to be able to buy the groceries. In other words, if my ass is on the line for improving ratings and revenue in general, then you've got to let me do that. And if I can't do this, like I told him, I, I remember just clear as day saying, Bob, what would Jerry Jones do if he hired Bill Parcells and Parcells didn't win? He'll fire his ass. That's what I expect you to do to me if I don't succeed. That's what you should do. Replace me. And he kind of liked that. I said, well, I gotta, if, if I'm going to be held solely accountable on how well we do financially and I'm not able to facilitate all the financial assets that we can, we can lay our hands on to make this happen. Then you can't hold me wholly responsible. I want total responsibility. So, uh, that never, that was the issue. You know, I want to come in and say, if I want this guy gone, this you're gone, you're gone, you're, you know, whatever I do, but you wouldn't be done that way, but you know what I'm saying? So, but that never got that, that, and they brought, and they flew me back home that night. I had a great time. I remember Dixie and I went on a, uh, like a four wheeler deal, looking at all the deer they had raised these trophy deer. Uh, so that was good. I, and I, and I look, I still, I still communicate with Dixie this very day. I like her. I like their family. You know, we're Southern people. You know how that Conrad, you know, how that goes, man. Imagine a Jim Ross having to put over curry, man. Good God in heaven. And the aces and eights. 
You know what it is? He'll put it over curry, man. Like he used to put it over Skittles during the commercial. Remember that shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're delicious. They're delicious. Fruity, fruity Skittles. <laughs> I used to get so bummed out when they come back from commercial and they be no Skittles. Like, fuck, man. <laughs> like, damn it. No Skittles. <laughs> I think I saw a compilation of that once. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. Freaking Squire said, I can't breathe. Was really JR inspired by Kane. God almighty, we're not going back there again. That's messed up. You never thought about it. They'll grill the JR when it be good if the logo with him on fire. Oh. <laughs> and Stone Cold Steve also is a producer. Yeah, what a nightmare. All right, well, let's talk about a story that we started last week, and we're going to be continuing this week. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? Wow. <laughs> I took a guess that time. That was great. He looks so happy, right? Right. He's like, yeah. I'm about to get a tag title shot when I get back. So as you guys know, we reported last week that Jeff Hardy was driving while impaired yet again, yet again. This is just a streak of Hardy all over the fucking place. But TMZ has reported that Hardy, when he was pulled over, had a bloody nose, and he said that it was from an earlier fight with his wife. So this might be why he was driving impaired. You know, they got into a fight. He went, I'm leaving, man. And then he just got in his car oh and took God. off. Why are you doing the voice? <laughs> and, you know, I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying that uh, he was emotional at the moment, and this is probably one of the things that caused this to happen. You know? And, uh, they basically received a tip about a careless and reckless driver at 8.40 p.m. October 3rd. So this was a couple of weeks ago that this happened. And uh they said his car was found by police sitting in front of a liquor store and it was empty. So they waited for him and he came out. He was carrying a case of beer and he got in his car and started to drive away and police watched him. And uh then they pulled him over and uh after he was weaving on the road and they said he had dry blood on his nose. And they said it was because him and his wife got into a fight. And they said he was uncooperative when they asked him to do the breathalyzer and the blood or blood sample. They do blood samples now. Yeah, that's some pretty serious shit. We'll figure out if you drunk driving and got grayscale. Holy shit. But he had bombed the sobriety test and they got a search warrant for a blood sample. And EMS was called and they drew his blood and he was booked from driving while impaired with a revoked license. So that's crazy. Fucking combo breaker. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. He really went in. Went for the high score. What are your thoughts on the uh, the event of this? Uh, it's it's so bad that it's literally come down to just, like, same shit, different day. Because we know how the story is going to end. And then we know what's going to happen when it happens again. And again. And again. Like, until something actually gets done about it, it's just going to keep happening. Yeah, and that's ridiculous because, again, this guy is someone who makes enough money to be driven around. Yeah. So what the hell will cause this to happen? You know, And uh, he has to be at court on the 7th, November 7th, obviously. But he's have to be there. And uh, the charges are going to be um, driving while impaired and driving with a revoked license. And his license is currently revoked. Jesus. Uh, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. Like you almost can't, you almost can't even be shocked anymore. Like it's so bad. No squires, yeah. we're a little sober. <laughs> we'll put that out there. Yeah, so he's gonna be in court November seventh for that nonsense, and this caused a dispute with the Hardy family. Yeah, apparently Rebby and uh, his wife have been going at it. Yeah, 
they've been having some issues. Um, thanks to, I think, who was the one that started it first? I believe it was uh, Jeff's wife, right? I forget her name. Uh, Rebecca. Wait, no, that's not Rebecca. No, that's... Fuck. Damn, I can't remember his wife's name. Shit. <laughs> Beth, Beth, Beth Hart. Beth, that's, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. She's quoted saying, kept my mouth shut for too long. Don't take any info seriously from quote unquote family when it comes to me or Jeff. Quote, quote unquote family quotes are BS. Family should have contacted us first before they made a statement to Twitter. Looks like they're more worried about their online presence than Jeff. Jeff and I are handling our business, hence no pulse from either of us about what happened. Going forward, if you don't hear it from us, disregard it. We don't need any well wishes from family. And then, uh, that was pretty much it. That was the end of the statement. And then that's when Rebby decided to chime in because she took offense to this. And she said, no matter how much you dislike him, Matt is still his brother here long before your ass and here long before your ass and his family, not family, period. Any statements from Matt about Jeff don't need your approval. It ain't about you. I know it kills you to have anyone acknowledge the, the facade of a perfect life you try to maintain is a fucking joke, but not everyone thinks the sun shines out of your asses, Beth, and not everyone wants to be complicit in your protecting and enabling of a man who is well on his way to killing himself or someone else. You're an idiot if you really believe Jeff's actions don't affect Matt. They do, and he has every fucking right to speak his mind on his own brother. Remember, he speaks from experience. Unlike you, we don't run and hide from our issues and pretend nothing is or or ever was wrong in this house. Matt was the absolute worst, and I've seen how bad it can truly get. I know how this story ends if you don't fucking wake up already. Worry about that instead of what is said to fucking nobodies online, as you so eloquently described their fans. It's not talking shit. It's living a reality and holding people accountable when they need it. Maybe it's time to put the whine emojis away, drop the Twitter stunt in, and put that energy into keeping your man from driving fucked up on the street. I drive with my children before trying to come at a man for addressing his own blood slash business partner. In short and always, mind your fucking business. So, Rebby, in tasteful form as always. Yeah, you do not fuck with Rebby. But she's kind of right. Like, that's his brother. They were together long before either Rebby or Beth was in there. So you don't get to tell Matt, don't comment on your brother. Yeah, pretty much. Like you, you, you lose that right. Like Matt comes long before any of them, like because they were there long before any of them. Like you can't, like you can't just sit there and tell. Especially because she's just like, oh, if you haven't heard from us, well, it's like, where when the fuck were we gonna hear from you then? Because <laughs> we haven't heard anything yet. But yeah, like Reb, Rick, Rebby, Rebby. It's not even. It's not even. It doesn't come off as just like pissed off because Beth stepped out of line. It sounds like also concerned because at the end of the day, this is her brother-in-law. This is her son's uncle. Yeah, pretty much. And then she went on to say, if you don't want a public response, maybe don't post shitty public public publicly. Don't post shit publicly. Ain't nobody going to use the interwebs to throw shade, then receive the respect of a private response out of me. You wanted it out there. Okay, vamos. Y'all know how I, how, how the fuck I am. She put how TF I am. Stop acting shocked when I pull at me. And she quotes her, quote unquote, you're so ghetto. Who the fuck y'all thought you were following? The Duchess of Cameron? Not changing who I am to fit your warped image of what a wife slash mother slash person living in this zip code should be. Keep your restrictions limited to yourselves. So she got pretty pissed off there. Moral of the story, do not come for Rebby. No, don't come Rebby for Rebby. Will- Rebby and Becky, they will cut your nuts off and feed them to you on Twitter. Don't do it. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> I don't know who's worse. That's what the scary part is. Yeah, that is something else. And then Hardy released a statement where um they basically said that it was a miracle. Well, first a fan said that it was a miracle that he was able to stay clean and sober. And he basically said, it's no miracle. It's who I am. I live right and have my priorities in order, primarily my health and family. It's all about you actually addressing the real issues, disallowing denial and holding yourselves accountable for your actions. I'm proud of who I am. So def- okay. definitely a 180 from um, Matt over here. Yeah. <sighs> get it together, bro. Yeah. Please get your shit. Oh, we're going to do it now that we have to do it. Get yeah, fuck it. Together. We might as well. It's been a minute, but we might as well. Yeah. Well, then get your shit together. Get it all together and put it in a backpack. All your shit. So it's together. And if you got to take it somewhere, take it somewhere, you know? Take it to the shit store and sell it. Or or put it in a shit museum. I don't care what you do. You just got to get it together. Get your shit together. Is it bad that I see that now with just, like, freaking Matthew from Bajamea just cropping Rebby's head on the Morty's body? (laughs) (laughs) She's coming from enough times. Like I feel like you can make it work. I think in all the years of us doing this, we've probably reported more Jeff Hardy mug shots and arrests than anyone, aside from maybe Tammy Sitch. Tammy's the only one that's had more. And Jeff's creeping up on her record right now. Yeah. You know. It's uh it's crazy. It's really messed up. Yeah. Something's gotta change, dude. Yeah. And Matt went on Twitter to say, I've been with Jeff since day one. Literally, I've been involved in a professional capacity with him for 28 years, one in which our actions affect one another. I don't need permission to address my brother, my biz. Wrestling is not important now. My brother's health is. Pretty much a a more civil version of what Rebby said. <laughs> yeah, because Rebby does fly off the handle a little bit. But you know what? That's That's her prerogative. Yeah. You know, especially when it's always on the it's always a retaliation. It's never like she's the one to do the first strike. Exactly. Like, when you look at it, like, let's be real, Jeff's wife made herself look stupid. Like, you tried to tell family that they can't talk about what family go through. Like, it makes no sense whatsoever. That's like if, that's like if either me or my brother goes through stuff. We're not going to talk about it. Like, no, we don't. You don't get to tell one that they can't talk about the other. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. No, you absolutely do not. That is bullshit. All right. Well, I think we should talk a little bit about the Wednesday Night Wars. I don't know about you, but... Oh, yeah. About that time. You know. About that team. Yeah, which we're going to talk about AW Dark Episode 1. This was the October 8th, 2019 edition. This was basically the dark matches from the week before. I don't know if you managed to catch it or not. I didn't get a chance to, unfortunately, but I did hear that uh, Darby Allen was in action for this one. Yeah, man, you're already missing shit for the AW? Holy crap. Like one Oof. weekend? Good Lord. It's been nuts, but I'm catching up, though. Got this. Yeah. So I'll just give you guys a quick rundown. So one of the first matches was Darby Allen against Seema with the finish being Darby goes over with the coffin drop. And uh, I thought it was a really good match. The way Darby sells Seema's lung blower is insane. Um, Seema's nasty springboard meteora to the back of Darby's head looked really good. Um, And I also think he has a very good looking Yoshi tonic. Everything. Everything was very solid about this. Um, The coffin drop is just a very unique type of move because it's not even like a back senton like. Yeah, he literally just goes vertical and goes backwards. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty insane. Like I said, good looking stuff. If you didn't know these were dark matches, you wouldn't know by the by the quality of them. So that's a, definitely a testament to, to um, just the devotion of everyone from top to bottom of this company. You know, that's how you truly get somebody hyped for another event. Yeah. So then we have the hybrid two 
which you know very interesting and the lucha brothers uh, again saw best friends and private party and uh, the finish with the lucha brothers with the package pile driver um with with a spiked uh, foot stomp on chuck taylor kill shot of a finisher yeah orange cassidy shows up during the match just to get punched in the face essentially we do get the hug sequence into the stereo top rope suicida from the best friends uh, you know, you even get uh, Orange Cassidy doing one of those dives. He does a big dive spot, but his hands are in his pocket as he dives down. I thought that was pretty <laughs> cool. You know, so, yeah, all fun to be had there. It's never not funny. That's just so bad funny. <laughs> you know, the girls got a match with Penelope Ford and Bea Presley going up against Dr. Britt Baker and Allie with the finish being Britt Baker swinging neck breaker into some sort of a mandible claw, I guess, which is funny. The dentist uh, hits you with a swing neck breaker sing- signature into the mandible claw. So we have two people doing mandible claws on separate companies, one being the fiend Bray Wyatt, and then we have the dentist Britt Baker. And uh, the match itself was solid, aside from Ali botching a Hurricane Rana, and then uh, and they said that it was reversed into a power bomb, but no, no, it was just botched into one. Good. <laughs> you know, I know a difference between a reversing and botching it. Uh, aside from that, it was what you would expect from the match. And then we had uh, the main event of the dark matches, which was Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and uh, Marco Stunt against SCU, with the finish being cast and Daniels backstab on Marco Stunt. Jesus. So that was last week's dark matches, folks. You really should watch these. They're going to be up every single week. As a matter of fact, just to do you a favor, if you haven't, even though we just spoiled them, here is the link. The bot should have it out for you guys there. Yeah, it's kind of cool to show, like, some attention to the stuff you don't usually get to see on TV. Nobody else really does that. And Squires in the chat room says that he thinks she puts her her jaw and teeth more than the mandible claw. She pulls the jaw and teeth more than the mandible claw. That would be a really good attention to detail. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely possible. Why the hell do I still have the Hardy family on the screen? Right. You know, that's just strange. People are like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything happening right now? That's had enough attention. Yeah. So then we get to this week's AEW Dynamite, which we still don't have the drop for, which the show opens with JR forgetting the name of the arena. <laughs> Come on, JR. He's tired. He's tired. He hasn't had an insurer today. Oh my God. <laughs> it was going to be one of us at the bad part, but I couldn't think of my old people medicine quick enough. Young Bucks versus Private Party with the finish being Meltzer Driver countered into a roll up. Yeah, and the and the uh, private parties going on to the semis. Mm-hmm. That's a massive win for those two. Yeah, and the 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 Bucks were clearly the heels in this one. Nick was healing it up, spitting his gum in one of the private party dudes' faces. Matt grabbing Isaiah Cassidy off of the ring apron and um running power bombing him halfway up the ramp. He basically takes him out of the arena for a little while there. I, I was wondering yeah. how long he was going to carry him. Yeah, I was like, wow, he's really going. On the journey. going for <laughs> I ride. thought he was going to go all the way up to the top of the ramp and then throw him. Yeah, the power bomb slice bread uh, combo that the Bucks did um, to the two count into the sharpshooter was always a really cool spot to see. Matt, Matt with his crazy Northern Lights combo and then catching both guys. Um, the cameraman needs to watch those ringside spots, though. They keep missing the left side. I can't even really say the cameraman. I got to really say the truck because the cameraman's in place. The truck switches it. And uh, he really needs to watch that left side there because there's always sequences that I see them missing this weekend, last week. You know, yeah, they got to be a little bit more on edge with that. You know, other spot I like was the gin and juice into the shooting star on Matt to a two count. But that that team is so innovative. Like, they're, I feel like they haven't shown even a quarter of what they can really do. No, no, they definitely haven't. It's going to be interesting to see them develop. 
uh, yeah. as this as this rivalry continues, which I hope it does. And like I like the fact that they went over because then that's a wide open shot to this whole tournament that we're going to see something different in the sense of, oh, it's not just who's the most over, who's going to win. That just proves anybody can beat anybody in this tournament. Yeah, which that's the way you want tournaments to be. It should always, I mean, that's the way Japan's always been about doing their tournaments. Yeah, you don't don't want anybody to be able to accurately predict it. Yeah, you know, so I I think that that's a very good start to the way things are going here. I'm pretty sure in the last maybe three or four years, I have been dead wrong about who's won G1 because you can't tell. Mm Mm-hmm. So then we get Jericho stable. Yeah, Jake Hagar, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. Yeah, we finally get the unveiling of the Jericho stable, you know, which is what everybody was waiting for, you know. know, These are my closest confidence. These are my friends. This is my inner circle. We are the inner circle, baby. The inner circle. That's yeah. What they themselves. You know, and that's why I will share with you guys in the chat room for anyone who wants to see them. Which you should see. You should be watching this for God's sakes. Exactly. What y'all doing? <laughs> There's a funny moment there because the fans start chanting, We the people at Jax Hager, formerly Jack Swagger, and then Jericho says, We the people sucks. This is bad now as it was when create when it when it was given from creative. And he gets a big, <laughs> that shit was yeah, great. And he gets a big pop for that. One thing I really like, it was a really uh, cool thing when, um, I think when he was talking about Sammy Guevara and then Santana Ortiz, and when he said he perfectly, um, he personally recruited them, he said Viva La Raza, because that was actually Eddie's birthday on Wednesday. Yeah. Eddie would have been uh, 52. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to think about that, man. Uh, and then, yeah. then the promo goes on for Jericho to talk about how he doesn't like Cody's father, Dusty, and he thinks he's a jerk, and he doesn't like his brother, Dustin. And he basically says he's going to beat the ever-living shit out of Cody. He put some emphasis on that, too. Yeah. So, that was some strong shit. Mm-hmm. Really strong. And, uh, yeah, so I like the name of the stable. I like their look. I was talking about that with you guys in the chat room as it was going on. You know. Yeah, really intense. A, diff- a little variety when it comes to uh, this this um, stable. All different types of styles, so they're never really at a disadvantage in any scenario. They kind of have all their bases covered, which you don't really see too often. Yeah, exactly. Which I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I love like the level of faith they're having to Sammy Guevara. The guy's been in the first two major singles matches in AEW, and now he's in their main heel faction. Mm-hmm. Like that, <laughs> the sky's the limit for that kid. Yeah. But, no, like I said, looking really good. Oh, yeah. I like the new name they have for him, Spanish God, which he said that they're, I think we're hearing that they might start using that now. Isn't that what he called him, a Spanish God? Yeah, he called him a Spanish God. I like it. It goes with, like, the new level of arrogance with that kid. Yeah, yeah. And it's good he that came, they did He came it. up with a different type of uh, arrogance in their match later on. Yeah, and it's good, good that they did it, like, after he had already had, like, a big match. You know, I thought oh, that yeah. was really good. But, uh, so the first, well, the next match that we have is Darby Allen against Jimmy Havoc with the finish being Darby Allen going over with the dolphin drop. And, uh, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you just. <laughs> what? The dolphin drop. <laughs> That's what they called it. I... Oh, wait, yeah. You know what? You ain't right. You ain't wrong. 
Yeah. Jimmy Havoc hitting that Tiger Driver 98, I thought was another good sequence there. Um, overall, it was a good match. Uh, the one interesting thing is that Darby Allen is going to be having a match next week, I believe, against Jericho. Yep. And, uh, World title match. And he put up a promo on Twitter for that. I'm going to let you guys hear. It only took seconds. Seconds to see how you beat me, Chris Jericho. You didn't need to use words. I'm not blind. I can see your eyes. You think I'm a street dog. You think I'm too reckless. But make no mistake about it. Behind what I do is a brain. You could ask me. Darby, what is it you want most out of the wrestling business? And I'll look you dead in the eye and tell you this. I want to be the same man leaving as I came in. I don't want a big head. I don't want to believe I'm a god. You. You, Chris Jericho. You believe you are the highest power. It's not just an act. And you need to be humble. In no better way than the losing to me. Someone you view so poorly. And when I win that AEW championship, I don't need... A huge afterpart. I don't need champagne. Your blood on my hands will be my eye. October 16th. Darby Allen versus Chris Jericho. Philadelphia Street Fight. For the AEW Championship. And for me to win that championship, Chris, all it takes is a second. Thought he was done already. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a little bit of a game changer. The fact that it's a Darby's world, a Philly street fight. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they keep him different. Yeah, yeah he's. It's like I I can't I can't believe I've never seen this guy before because like he's probably he's coming up as one of my favorites right now. Like he's absolutely amazing. Just the stuff he does, the face paint, it's absolutely incredible. This is the whole aura of Darby Allen has been something like the guy's been absolutely fantastic. He's probably he's going to be one of AEW's top stars for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So next we had uh, Bea Presley and Emmy Sakura against Doctor Britt Baker and Riho, with the finish being Britt Baker taps out Sakura. And yeah, then- I believe um, I think this was a uh, Riho is Riho's uh, mentor. Sakura was right. Mm-hmm. And then after Britt and Priestley come to blows and the ref winds up having to split split it up. Oh, yeah, because those two still got beef. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that was pretty much it, right? That was, uh, what was the other uh, matches that we had? Uh, let's see, we had uh, a couple of different things. I mean, best friends. Oh, yeah, we had, uh, we had uh, Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard against uh, John Moxley. With the finish being Moxley going over Dillinger with the paradigm shift. Is that what it's called in this company? I lose track. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's called. If you're in the States, it's a paradigm shift. But if you're in Japan, it's the Death Rider. Yeah. And uh, Justin Roberts gives Moxley um, basically uh, the John that he used to give John Cena. If you remember the oh, old yeah. John Cena. He winds up doing it for John Moxley. And when we put his nuts in it, like, you <laughs> yeah, yeah, he gave him the John. So <laughs> yeah. Yo, I got chills when I heard that shit. No, 
As far as the match goes, Dillinger hitting Moxley with that nasty Death Valley driver in the corner on the outside was really solid. Um, after yeah, I, th- the- I thought he landed on his head. Yeah. After the match, Kenny Omega shows up with a barbed wire bat and a broom, sort of an homage to his cleaner gimmick in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, he winds up tossing Moxley, the barbed wire bat, because he wants the two of them to fight. But then Pac winds up ambushing Omega from behind um, with a blow to the to the back with the chair that he had. And yeah, then Ambrose Pac had been Moxley, on commentary the whole match. Yeah, and then Ambrose and Moxley sort of have this moment of standing there. And then Ambrose shows mercy um, to a downed Omega. I guess he didn't want to take him out that way. Nah. Definitely an interesting thing to have Pac throw in this match because he had the whole time on commentary... He was almost like he was complaining about not being the top guy, talking about the fact that he only last lost like twice in what two years, I think he said. So, mm-hmm. so then we have Sammy Garver and Chris Jericho against Dustin Rhodes and Hangman Page. With the finish being Jericho goes over Dustin with the Judas effect, which I'm so sick of that move. And uh, basically, this becomes a stable brawl with everyone that ends in Cody appearing and taking out Sammy Garver and, and Jericho and Cody. Um are about to fight when LAX wind up taking out him and um, MJF comes out and they have this moment of doubt for some reason. And then he winds up taking out the inner circle. Cause obviously <laughs> he's still with Cody and uh, yeah, there was a whole bunch. Then M- Jer- Jericho winds up hitting him with, with um, MJF with a cold breaker. Then the young bucks wind up coming to the rescue. Darby Allen winds up coming down to attack Jericho on a skateboard. He that was amazing. skates down the <laughs> ramp and Jericho winds up getting hit by said skateboard. The whole thing ends in like a super brawl. You can basically say, no pun intended. Oh, that was great. Like the, <laughs> I don't know when I saw him coming down the ramp, and I was like, wait a minute, he's going kind of fast. Oh, he's on the board. Yeah. Yeah, they did a really good job. I was oh, yeah, really fun episode. Yeah, and uh, so then Jericho's going to be having his match next week, which I, clearly he's not going to lose on that. I would be really surprised if he does. Nah, they, they they keep the door they keep the door wide open when it comes to winning, but not that wide open. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on the second week? I mean, once again, freaking blew it out of the park. Like, yeah, it, it's crazy that this company every time you put the cameras on, they seem to almost if they don't outdo the last time, they get damn close to it. And like they kept you kind of, and they kept you in one way or the other updated on every single thing that's going on without overdoing it. Yeah, pretty much. So Jericho, after the match was over and after the whole battle was over, was backstage. This is what he had to say. Son of a bitch, skateboard down rampway and attack me. And then attack the champion. Wait, we gotta go back. I wanna go back to the full minute. What I've never seen. Is a self-righteous son of a bitch skateboard down rampway and attack me from behind. Attack Le Champion from behind after a hard match, after fighting Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes and Hangman Page and Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson and MJF and, and Dr. J and Benedict Arnold and, and Abraham Lincoln Dr. J. and Lee Roth and whoever the hell else was out there. Darby Allen. He couldn't just leave well enough alone. He beat Jimmy Havoc. He gets a chance to face Le Champion in Philadelphia for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. It's the biggest match of his career. But he had to take it too far. He had to come and attack me from behind like some kind of a dog, like some kind of a street thug. I'm an educated man, Darby. I've got morals. I've got je ne sais quoi. But I grew up on the streets. I grew up on the mean streets of Winnipeg. You want to fight? You want to attack? 
You want to treat me like some kind of a street thug? Sounds good to me. Because next week, we're in Philadelphia. That's the place where my father, Ted Irvin, used to beat the crap out of the Philadelphia Flyers each and every night when he played with the New York Rangers. So you want to come to Philly? You want to treat me like a street thug? Well, I'm going to treat you like the little bitch that you are, Darby Allen. Because next week, for the AEW Championship, Darby Allen versus Chris Jericho in a Philadelphia street fight. One last thing. Want to try and cause some pain? I don't cause pain. I make the pain. Next week, Chris Jericho's not going to be in Philadelphia. But the pain maker will be. I'll see you then, Darby. It's going to be the match of your career. It's also going to be the last one. You're welcome. So what are your thoughts on that second week? Love it. I absolutely love it. Like, I could, oh, it, absolutely nuts. Everything from Private Party getting that huge upset win, Darby Allen, which I almost expected Jimmy Havoc to go over in that one. But I kind of like it. They enforce the fact that it's like they're so used, you so used to seeing these guys do hardcore, and then they switch it to more of a wrestling vibe to it, but they still add their own little stuff into it, like when Jimmy kept biting him. But, um, Absolutely great storytelling, great carrying everything into next week. This whole thing with the inner circle is going to be like, who's willing to step up and deal with these guys now? Because it's damn near impossible, but it just gives you even more reason to look forward to next week. Yeah. So there was really, there was a, a mixed report going on because people were saying that their ratings dropped. Their ratings were at one. 1.18 million viewers which is down from the 1.409 million for last week but then we found out that uh it's because it was being simulcasted essentially it was on tnt and on true tv at the same time that's what turner sports arranged to happen because the mlb playoffs might have gone over and if that would have went over then people would have had no way to watch it. So to be safe, they had a simulcast on TNT and True TV at the same time. So basically, now knowing that, they did around 1,140,000 viewers, which is uh, low, but not as low as originally reported because they didn't factor in the True TV ratings. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a pretty, it's a good idea to have like a backup plan just in case. Yeah, but just to clarify on the ratings things there, because that was a false report. When I mean, not really false so much as inaccurate, because there were certain elements not factored into it. Okay, yeah, playing the smart. So the, of course they're going to be down. There's no, there's, they're not going to go up. You're not going to go up from a premiere. No show does that. But I still think they're bringing in a respectable number. You know. Oh no! They're, yeah, they're still killing it. So I wouldn't worry about them too much yet. And the show still has a, f- a fresh flavor to it. It's more compelling and just overall refreshing than anything yeah. we're seeing anywhere else. You still, we still haven't gotten fully used to AEW being on TV now. Yeah, we're getting there, but uh, I think it's going to always keep a fresh flavor just because there is so much WWE saturation at this point. That what else could happen? You know, right? But when it was over, Cody thanked the fans, which we have that here. Oh, it, it sounds like you guys are having a good time tonight. Well, 
The fun is not over, as you know. The main event for AEW Dark is the cleaner, Kenny Omega. Hold up, hold up. Look at this dude right here. That, that's my brother. He is, he is 50 years old and better than he has ever been. Get the, get in here, get in here. The other day, the other day I spent four hours in a very exciting, very thrilling marketing meeting. And you know what I explained? Look at this guy with his shirt off right here. I explained to them what we have versus what anybody else has, and that is each and every one of you in here tonight. We can't stop! Every one of us! This is a family! This is a revolution! We can never stop! Braveheart. That was amazing. Freedom. Oh my God. See, that's the energy you want everybody in that building to feel. I think he almost blew his voice out. Yeah, probably. Like, tell you, man, keep saying it's not a marathon, it's a sprint. Believe me, they fucking know. Like, this yeah. ain't no game. This is a fight. Like, yeah, it really is. And, uh, yeah, that was condescending of them when they said that whole thing. Oh, it's not a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Like, how are you going to tell them that? Stay online from you, Dustin. Who are you telling? Right. Like, who, right. Like, <laughs> like no shit. You know, Dang, stole my line. I didn't even have a backup for it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, backup for that line. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just like, yeah, no shit. It's, a, it's, a, it's, um, it's not a sprint. Like, but at the end of the day, like I said before, if I sprint and I make it almost, and I make it two steps away from the finish line, I don't care if it's a marathon at that point. Yeah, you're not going to. So here is, uh, what the hell is this? This is Moxley post, uh, post AEW here. Oh, I see. Shit only wants to come on when, uh, when we don't want it to, right? That's the way things work. That's around. how it is. Like it was ready to interrupt us, but now that we're ready for it, it's not ready for us. Better get ready. Yeah, right. See where I come from. If you don't even show up to the fight, will you forfeit your right to talk trash? If you don't even make the walk, then you don't have the right to say anything about anything. In Chicago, I didn't make the walk. So for six weeks, 
Others sit back and listen to everybody in the world say whatever they want about me, about my health. They want to call me damaged goods. Seems like every punk ass in this industry has an opinion. They want to talk a big game. They want to type a big game. But the things they're going to do to me in the ring while I'm laid up in a hospital, huh? Yeah, okay. Tully Blanchard wants to act like he knows a damn thing about me. Sean Spears says he's going to take me out. You're going to take me out, huh? Sean Spears says my elbow isn't 100%. Well, we're going to find out if it's 100%. Cause for every second of every minute of this match, I'm going to be trying to drive it through your skull. I gave you six weeks. I gave you all six weeks. Y'all had your fun. Y'all had your turn. Now it's my turn. Have fun, Kenny. <laughs> all right. So I guess that's it for AEW. Continuing the Wednesday Night Wars, let's discuss a little bit about NXT. Yeah. Good old NXT, which I don't even remember if I caught the whole thing, so you'll probably have to top this one off for me. But yeah. uh, what I did catch was the, we had the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, Leo Rush versus Drew Gulak, with the finish being a unique springboard stunner by Leo Rush. And he goes over with the final hour frog splash. Yeah, and Leo Rush finally captures the Cruiserweight Championship. To think all he had to do was boot Lashley. Very solid. I like how this fight started off hot with the flash offense by Leo, a quick Spanish fly that looked like we were going to get an upset that uh, sort of rattled the crowd in the beginning. Also, Rush reversing Gulak sleeper into a sleeper of his own was very solid stuff. Um, Triple H, obviously, at the end of this, he does that. He does the thing. He points at Leo Rush. I'll link that yep. to you guys in the chat room. You know. <laughs> I love how we just find that as a thing. You know, you know the thing. He might. He you know the thing. <laughs> you're part of the family once he takes that photo with you. You know the family photo where it's like you're 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 my boy now. You're my boy, Leo. You made it, son. Yeah, that's when you know you made it, when you get the Triple H photo. Let me get it on the screen. Oh, wait a minute. Triple H has a black son. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was waiting to see how long I was going to catch it. <laughs> oh, no, but yeah, he did absolutely incredible. That dude put... There it is. There it is. There it is. I hear the song in my head just for the record, so I don't even need the drop. <laughs> it's like we had it. We've never had the drop. What do you mean you don't need it? It ain't here. Oh, <laughs> you imagine you dream that drop up. <laughs> Is that another one? Dream that drop Because <laughs> I've never had that shit before. Write it down. Dream that drop up. Yeah, there's a lot of things we have on our board here, ladies and gentlemen, but one of them is not uh, my black sun button. <laughs> this is just what this is just what Destin imagines in his mind. Hey, I got hopes and dreams. Damn it! All right. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Boy. Yeah, but awesome, awesome match. Yeah, and then we have Rhea Ripley against Aaliyah. Uh, it wasn't really much of a match. It's, it's a shame because I'm actually impressed with how much Aaliyah doesn't suck compared to the way she originally came into this company. But Rhea Ripley had Aaliyah. I don't know what the hell is that. It was like some crazy I, ass. Yo, cult. it was like it was almost like so, a standing Indian deathlock, and she's so twirling the, the, her the around. Breakdown, what she did to this poor baby. I think uh, Aaliyah. I think she got her like what was like a roll up, and Rhea pulled her out of it. It, ra- it wrapped her legs, and I guess, yeah, it looked like almost like a hands-on Indian deathlock, but she spun her, like, four times, yeah. and then picked her up, dropped her, sat out, and just cranked it. Yeah, pancaked her down with the sit-out. I believe Yo. I heard them call it Ripley's Believe It. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah, I heard someone yeah. say it. I don't know if that's an official then, thing, but it uh, that's that's what it apparently came out as. 
And then the the Aussie nightmare itself, the mosh pit kid, calls out Shayna Baszler because she wants a title shot. Mm-hmm. And if she's got a new toy in her arsenal, Shayna's in danger. It's funny because I was looking at Rhea Ripley during this and I was thinking, you know what? She she looks like one of those chicks that's strong but probably sounds really feminine. And I was like, nope, she sounds fucking scary. Motherfucker like, sounds like I believe that she <laughs> she's gonna get that yeah, title. I get in a bar fight. I'm looking for Rhea. <laughs> yeah, man, seriously. Yeah, but I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, Rhea's always been absolutely incredible in the ring. I think Aaliyah just happened to be the perfect fodder to show this Smash Mouth style and this new move because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. it looked horrible. <laughs> she was she was a good enhancement talent oh, jobber. Yeah. One or the she, other. She took that ass whooping like a champ. Mm-hmm. We get Brizongo versus the Forgotten Sons with the finish being the Forgotten Sons go over Fandango with Memory Remains. It's called the Memory Remains. It's like a strange stomp esque move. Yeah, it, it's like a it's a middle rope stomp and reverse DDT combo. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, this match was supposed to be another team called Everrise, but when they were supposed to come out instead, Gunner, aka uh, what's his name, Jackson Riker, Jackson Riker, he, he comes out dragging these two guys that it was supposed to be, so they're already done. Which they'll be yeah. in the game for Forgotten Sons as well, making their debuts. Very cool. And as far as Brizango goes, they have a new entrance that's probably not going to make it into the game, but I did like it. They come out with the girls, <laughs> they come out with the with the construction outfits and stuff. You know, um, and I like the sexual innuendos that they go through, like Beth Phoenix almost corpse when she said that they're good at hammering things. And then she said that they told her she needs to get her pipes cleaned. And it was just <laughs> like, oh, man, like, it was like, do you guys realize like we're really going there right now? <laughs> With these two dudes coming on construction things. It told you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that poor girl almost couldn't keep it together. See, she better than me because I fell apart. That'd have been it for me. Like, all right, I'm done. Good night. Yeah. Specifically out of the two, the Fandango's looking really good. Nice sunset bomb from him and also a nice topic on Hero. Um, looks really solid. Uh, yeah, they both look amazing. good. But, uh, but yeah, I really like what I saw as far as they went. Yeah, NXT's uh, done those two well. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Trevor Lee, a.k.a. Cameron Grimes here, kills some Asian dude. What was his name? Boa? <laughs> Boa. Oh, Boa. <laughs> oh, Boa. Yeah, some Asian dude gets good. Literally, they just fed they just fed this fucking guy some Asian guy. It was just like here, have some Asian. You eat Chinese? You do now. Just fucking send some Asian guy out there to get his ass kicked. Oh god. What kind of shit is that? <laughs> I had to rewind it because I couldn't I couldn't even catch the dude's name before he was gone. I was glad I wasn't watching this shit live. Oh my god! It was camera guy versus Bo. Yeah, just kill some guy. Oh, just like oh, Boa was he even somebody? Yeah, he was in uh he was he was in the he was in the the breakout tournament. The what? I, think, I think um I think Jordan Miles eliminated him first. Oh my god! <laughs> what do they do? Just keep that guy around just in case? Pretty much. He's the standby Asian. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about with the man? Like, as funny as it is that that happened, like, don't you think that like, this could have been something better than just having some guy come out and get completely killed like that? I've, I've literally seen him since he's been here. I've seen him get his ass whooped by now. Damian Priest and Cameron Grimes. And I think Cameron was quite a bit faster. Willie in the chat room. What's up, man? You got Willie! here late, but better late than ever. I was wondering what happened to Willie today. But oh, yeah, man. God. 
Welcome, sir. Oh, man. But yeah, this was, I don't know, this freaking, mm-hmm. they just wasted that, that sequence. I guess they're trying to keep Cameron Grimes strong, but, but Trevor Lee is a really good worker, you know? Don't, don't have these squash matches with him. Don't you think that's a weird choice for a squash match person? Yeah. I mean, I get that the move is so quick, but still, like, but then, of course, the fun wasn't over for uh, Boa, because Killian Dane showed up, uh, whooped his ass, threw him across the announce table, and said this was only the beginning, so. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess so. So poor Boa, you know, don't be surprised if you see him on Impact. Oh, God, he's going to be awful. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they can't copyright, we do it backwards. <laughs> yeah, well, I still never forgive them for making uh, Jigsaw into Rubik's. Oh, for It's like, wow. So Roderick Strong versus Isaiah Scott with the finish being strong taps out Isaiah. But it was without, without not having help from the Undisputed Era distracting the poor guy. But he was really just, even though the match was a good workhorse match, this was really just a prop used because essentially this was for Velveteen Dream to come out afterwards. And he messes with Roderick Strong's naked image. We played it on here last week. He did the Shawn Michaels thing where he's wearing the belt around his naked crotch. So um, he photoshopped it to give him a little dick and take the title off. And, uh, you know, this is like just a little blur where his crotch is supposed to be. And then yeah. it gets worse for them because Champa comes out with chair and Kendo stick in hand because he wants Goldie back and he's sending them a message. Yep. And uh, basically they retreat. They manage to get away for the time being. But backstage, Tommaso Champa, he gets, I forget what announcer that is, that tries to catch up with him to find out like what his intentions are. And uh, Garza comes out. And he's like trying to get an interview with her. And he's like, interview me. And then like she's waiting for Tommaso. And then he tries to talk shit to him. He's like, you're waiting for this guy. And he starts to say something to Tommaso in Spanish. And Champa just punches him out. Yeah. And, they, and, and then now the, the interview is like, what did he say? And he's just like, I, ha- I have no idea. And he just walks away. <laughs> but that actually uh, gets us to something now. I've been waiting forever because this Wednesday... Angel Garza is the first victim of a returning Tommaso Ciampa. I thought he was the first victim right there. Oh, uh, no. That, that, that was only the taste. Now we get the full course. Yeah. Who the fuck will want to fight him after that happens? <laughs> Angel <No>. Garza. <laughs> Ain't like he got a choice. But yeah, yeah, Ciampa's first match back in, God, what, a year? Yeah, Garza's the cousin of Humberto, right? Yeah, that's Humberto's cousin. Yeah, he's not getting the Humberto treatment, I'll tell you that much. Oh, no. Funny thing is also uh, I believe the nephew of former TNA star and late great Hector Garza. So. Oh wow, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So we get Dakota Kai versus Bianca Belair with Bianca Belair going over with the KOD. Ooh, yeah, the, the honeymoon's over, Dakota. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, bitch, and I start jobbing. <laughs> get back. To I work. kind of I was I was so sad when I saw she got lined up with Bianca because I was like, ah, oh, she's not gonna win this match. Uh-huh. And you're going to take Kushida versus Walter because I didn't catch the whole thing. I did catch Kushida botching a springboard early on. Um, yeah. and, I, and I did like him reversing the powerbomb into the DDT. I didn't catch the finish, though. Yeah. Um. Basically, finish of this match. By God, the shriek's over. Because uh, Walt, because after hitting him with God, a thunderous dropkick and then a powerbomb, they're doing um, a near fall. Kushida basically could not kick out after a nasty ripcord lariat, and Walter breaks Kushida's streak. And this match was just off the walls from top to bottom. 
just smash mouth, physical, everything you could expect. Walter, there was a couple of times where it seemed like Walter was going to lose this match. Um, one of the spots blew me away was uh, when Kushida goes for that top rope flip into the hoverboard lock. And he had that hoverboard lock on him for a long time. Why would like, Kushida even have a streak? Didn't he just get here? You know how they are. When you've been here, when you win the one and a half matches, they're like, oh, he's undefeated. And it's, just, it's like, no, you don't talk about it that soon. <laughs> Because then when he loses, it just shoots it all out the window. Like, I hate I, I hate WWE's logic when it comes to that. Oh, unbelievable. All right. Well, I mean, uh-huh. Walter, I wasn't yeah. expecting Kushida to go over Walter. I don't know what I was expecting from the match. But uh, nah. I don't even know. He it was, it was an amazing match, for sure. Like, they, they, they crushed it. Yeah, I caught a lot of it. You know what it was? I was channel surfing back and forth between my pause WWE Network and Raw. And at some point, I fucking forgot. <laughs> Like, I must have just left it there and then finished Raw. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I totally forgot I had NXT on the other channel. Whoops. Oopsie. But uh, I already chose my allegiance as far as the Wednesday Night Wars. The one I'm covering live is AEW, and I'll catch oh, NXT yeah. on the demand. So NXT's you know. just been NXT the past two or That's three what weeks. That's right? like. You know, I, I'm glad Leo Rush won the title, you know, and that he got a second uh, chance in life in the WWE universe. But, you know, it was just it's just it's just what it is, you know? I don't really yeah, feel like it, they're being too innovative over there. Nothing in the in the WWE bubble right now feels like it's being too innovative. It's, it, they're trying to do what they do best right. And so when they don't fail, uh, best case scenario is you get the shit that you're used to done correctly. And when they do fail, you get shit that doesn't make any sense. But nothing feels refreshing. And that's what was going to be their demise. The fact that their alternative is either let's keep doing the same shit we always do and be good at it or let's completely flub it. If you try to do something different, even if some things are hit or miss, everything will be intriguing enough to keep people's attention. Exactly. That's why what's the whole thing with uh, AEW has been doing every week. Something feels like they're reaching for it, hoping that it'll work out. Private Party being the Young Bucks. Nobody knows if that was going to work out, but they tried it. <laughs> yeah. And, and And in reality, it helped weeks ahead of time because now this whole tournament is that much more interesting knowing one of the favorite teams is gone already Mm -hmm. and nxt is also looking to go to bigger buildings is what's being reported according to the wrestling observer they're saying that they want to start playing 5,000 to 6,000 seat arenas which could start as early as within the next couple of months as early as january you know so there's talk about them being on the road every Wednesday and, you know, filling those buildings the way AEW is doing, which it doesn't surprise me there. It doesn't surprise me that they would try to copy something that they're doing. <laughs> I wasn't looking at it that way. I just, I just, it's not really about copying so much as it is about if they're competing at this point. If they've already put it out there that these two brands are competing, it doesn't look good when you're seated comfortably in full sale the entire time. You know, Dasha Fuentes, who WW mysteriously fired, remember her? She's working on and the Spanish version of AEW's uh, dark match, AEW Dark. So just throw throw that in there that what happened to her. (laughs) You know, so look at that. Everybody finds work. That's the reason they don't want to fire anybody. They even took Dasha Fuentes. Right. Take everybody. Don't 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 you fire a sign guy. They'll take him, too. Yeah, right. Imagine they take sign guy to take that guy with the group with the annoying green shirt that's always in the front. Take him. You know, you know what they'll uh, do? I think, I think he's there him. already, actually. So I don't know why I'm saying take him. <laughs> you know who they'll take next? <laughs> they'll take that one guy we always see in the bright pink freaking button up shirt with the bald head and the glasses. 
Yeah, they'll take all. They were probably already there. Yeah, yeah, they have to. They have to do more than just show up in the same buildings. They have to write. They got to go above and beyond at this point because the safe bet and the stuff you know is going to work isn't good enough anymore. Exactly. You got to take risks. It's not optional anymore. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I guess that's the NXT stuff, right? That's the Wednesday Night Wars in a nutshell. Pretty much. Yeah, those are the plans. And uh, AEW still beating them in this uh, marathon. Gotta be careful not to call it a sprint. Would want would want to offend WWE and and like you know not clarify what kind of thing they're getting their ass kicked in. Especially you know, considering so that to, tonight they clear. went backwards behind yeah. the line. Just to be clear, it's a marathon that they're losing. Uh, <laughs> not a sprint. Not a sprint. So that means it's going to be a long, drawn out death. <laughs> Isn't that how it works? <laughs> Oh, we are going to get so much WWE heat, but I don't give a fuck. Oh, boy. All right. Let's look and see if there's any more news because I don't want to go into the draft yet. Luke Harper has had some drama, heat, anger. I don't know what the hell's going on here, but he changed his profile on Twitter at first. It said, uh, DMs are wide open. WWE threatened to find me, but it's cool when NXT talent curses on Twitter. Got it. And then uh, he went back and changed it later on. And he put DMs are wide, censored, open. I've never been more happy. What does that even mean? I, I guess if you're outside of NXT and you cuss on Twitter, they're like, no, 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 Sonny. Yeah, all, I don't all know. grown here. Like, what? I don't know. It sounds to me like Luke Harper is still disgruntled with this company. It wouldn't surprise me. And that they remember, let's not forget, he asked for his release and he did the same thing that... uh. Mike Canales that he put out a post, a lengthy post that was saying, I'd like to thank WWE, but I have to move on and blah, blah, blah. And they just went no motherfucker. And they added more time to his contract. Remember? Yeah. And, uh, and then he showed up with, uh, Rowan. And guess what? Spoiler alert. But tonight they draft Rowan and not him. He'll be a free agent until like next month. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So Lana's been putting all kinds of stuff on social media and on her, uh, on her Instagram, like she put a picture of her, like just stuff, just some selfies, like her in that room where, where Lashley is, or just things in her and lingerie. And people started to like, you know, sort of slut shame her for it. And then she put out a post basically saying that, uh, I'm posting this for all the bullies that have been coming for me in, in my comments. I'm sure that's not the only place they've been coming for you. It's my body and I can do it. <laughs> Why would I do that? It's my body and I could do what I want. Now that's real hashtag woman empowerment. If men can do it, then so can women. And she posts this image. Let me put the image up there for you to see. Let's get this, you know, let's get this shit on the big screen. Hey, listen, I am all for woman empowerment, man. I'll be the first. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I will be the first to empower women. I empower the shit out of Lana. (laughs) 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 Yo, that was so foul. Who's gonna, who's gonna complain? Are there people legit complaining about this kind of shit? Yes. Listen, man, women empowerment. This is a new world. You gotta be open minded. Pigs. (laughs) 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 Oh, we are gonna burn for that one, but I don't care. You know, I'm trying to be a progressive man here. 
That's fucking you know? die. He said, I can power this shit out of <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that is so funny. He just said, what the fuck? You're not none. <laughs> Yeah, that is awesome. Anyway, here's your for anybody who didn't get to see it, you know, here's the Lana. Why is there people power? Yeah. <laughs> There's Lana's empowerment for anyone listening on the man. A lot of empowerment. Oh, too funny, God. man. Too too funny. Let's see what other news we have. We covered most of the big things. Oh wow, we haven't had one of these in a while. Is this real? Is this legit? Yeah, it is. I got a flow, you got a what? I got a yeah. flow. I got a flow, you got a flow, so let it go. Yeah. Brother. Hogan, man, we haven't had a Hulkster flow in here in a long time. Hulkster flow in the new era. Let's go. Hogan, he spoke to L.A. Times because he's about to have his tenth back surgery. I think we spoke about that on Injury Road, right? Yeah. And he's quoted as saying, "I talked to Vince and I said I really don't know if I could live with myself knowing my last match was with TNA." I think that's an amazing line. We got <laughs> that is that is gold right there, man. <laughs> He said, if I can get it fixed, I pray I can have one more match. I told Vince, when I get through this back surgery, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. And we're going to talk about me having one last retirement match. I'd love for it to be against Vince. I had such a great time with him in the ring at WrestleMania 19. I had no idea what to expect from him, but he's a great bad guy. His timing is great. I love wrestling him, but everything he does hurts. When you're in the ring with someone and they're hurting you, you're kind you kind of pinched them on the wrist. And the whole match, I was doing that to Vince. I was like, Vince, take it easy. Everything he does hurts. But I'd like to get in the ring with him one more time for my last match. That would be perfect. So Vince, so Vince works stiff. Jesus, that's amazing. You know, it's probably because he doesn't know any better. You know, right. it's not like he's a chance choice. Is either going to work yeah. stiff or it's going to look like shit. I think a lot of wrestlers would prefer you work stiff with them than for it to look like shit. Exactly. You just grit your teeth and bear it. I remember, remember on the old Tough Enough when somebody threw like a shitty jab and Triple H was like, if that, if you ever did that to me in the ring out there, I would tag you for real. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, you better fucking work properly, man. All these guys would rather just take a hit and have to grit your teeth. It's like, it comes out looking like garbage. The psychology is short term memory. If, if, if your opponent throws something that looks like crap out there, the quickest way to draw attention away from it is to hit them really hard because the next thing didn't look like shit, <laughs> you know, exactly. you know, it's always been the trick. Oh, man. What else we got going on here? Kurt Angle is going to be getting stem cell treatment, which is probably what Hogan's going to need if he intends to wrestle Vince. Exactly. Stem cells in his back. You know, this is what Christopher Reeves dream was, right? Yeah. You know, stem cells for everybody. You know what? Write that down. <laughs> that one might be better. There you go. Yeah. What did Marty Janetti say oh, recently? God. Oh, God. They got him in trouble. Oh, God. No, I really, I'm asking. I really don't know. I didn't pick that. Um, I just know that he said something. He says he oh, might have been, let me see, because he says he might have been hacked. Of course. That's what did. the story is. But then I have to find out what it was that he wrote that, uh, that he had to, cause he always gets hacked, quote unquote hacked, right? He's like as, as much as back when Kurt Angle used to, used to be drinking that hack. Marty Janetti's the NPCs and what I watched all the game, always getting hacked. 
Squire said Hogan would actually need to eat a baby to fix that. Oh, back. no, because that's what he gets with Christopher Reed in South Park. Oh, my oh, God. I remember. I remember those episodes. That I was wasn't going to do it, but I'm so glad Squire did it. Hey, South Park did it first. They're going to blame us now, decades later. Right. Screw hey, that. you never know. People bring up old tweets all the time. You never know. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I could find. I, I think I just found this. We already know Michelle, and he spelled Michelle. Oh, my God. Wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, your reaction is great. Because <laughs> I thought that I was wrong at first. I was like, I can't be that. We already know Michelle Allow. <laughs> Michelle Allow, <laughs> Mama. M I C H. Listen to this. M I C H E L L E. L L E. God almighty. <laughs> so apparently whoever hacked you is illiterate. Oh my god. We already know Michelle Alalalo. Obama. <laughs> he does that shit like the rock, right? We already know Michelle Alalo. Obama gonna walk up and brag, I win, I win. What is he talking about? I don't fucking know. <laughs> oh my god. It's genetic. We already know Michelle Obama gonna walk up and brag, I win, I win, because you white fuck scared to show your nuts. Call me racist, I don't give a fuck. I got 13 black daughters that I might know of, but be real, bitches. Obama only became black when it was cool to be black. As the Affleck duck says, half black, I bet bitches wanna know which half. LOL, fuck idiot America, you get what you deserve. Man, I'm gonna need you to learn how to spell Michelle before you come in here talking shit today, alright? Don't make me get Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How you got the nerve to misspell something that bad that try to correct somebody all their life? Like, what? <laughs> so that is the, uh, that's what he claimed. I mean, good smart move, man, saying you got hacked. Uh-uh. Oh, shit. What else are you going to do aside from not say stuff like that? He says, I might have got hacked. What you going to do about it? That's not a good way to say that you got hacked. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to play a loop of Shawn Michaels throwing you through that barbershop window. That's what I'm going to do. Marty Gennetti, man. That is one crazy dude, huh? Mm-hmm. You better tell Michelle that else. You better watch out, you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk some tattoos. We've been doing that as a thing lately, right? I'm going to try to bring them up on the screen. There's different people with different tattoos. Mm-hmm. We got yeah. uh, Batista got an Illuminati tattoo on his chest. That's comforting. Oh, that's wow. I'm going to bring it up here. That's what we doing, Dave. That's that's, that's what we doing. Come on, Instagram. Don't keep us waiting. Don't you fuck so, us, Graham. I mean, they have to cover him when he's Drax anyway, right? So it's not like it's inconvenient. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that Illuminati tattoo. That's different. Hmm. I don't know so, if I'd want that. Right. All these conspiracy theories and shit out in the world. I don't know if I'd want that. Dude. Yeah. Right. Like, what happened? I can't go nowhere with my shirt off. Like, are you kidding me? Like. Yeah. So. Here's the link for everybody on demand. I know people get probably more annoyed because there's a lot of points in the show now where we're not talking because we're looking at shit. They're like, this is bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. All right, well, this is Illuminati tattoo. Finn Balor got a new tattoo as well. Yeah, I think I saw this one. I didn't know what it was, though, but I've seen it. All right, well, let me load it up here now. Instagram slow as shit on our, on our brunch tron. Right? We just got this shit updated. What you doing, man? Maybe it's because I don't have an account logged into the thing, but I'm not logging in to look at that. Right. We're just going to hit the play button on it. Do we actually see him getting the tattoo in this one? Is that what we're going to do? 
I think that's the one we showed the screenshot of last week, right? Yeah, I think that was the same one. It's got a better look at how it was made and stuff. I think that's the only tattoo he has, now that I think about it. Yeah, and then lastly, we got Renee Young. She had some ugly-ass tram stamp that she's having removed, and I think we have video of her having that removed. Don't do it. Kind, don't do it. wonder what kind of person a young Renee was, right? I had to fight it. Don't do it. I don't know what you want to fight, so that scares me even more, but I just wonder. <laughs> I have a feeling I would have had a lot of fun with young Renee. Oh, yes. <laughs> Renee looks like she's a lot of fun to be around. You know, she looks like she has some of that women empowerment, too. Oh, my God. Is this it here? Her getting the tram stamp removed? Look at that thing. That looks like just the results of Taco Bell tequila and bad decisions. So. Yeah, shit looks like like a like a Mario Paint graphic from a Mario Paint from the. Oh <laughs> no! Like oh man! Fuck it, I'll do it. Moxley no longer has a target. Oh! <laughs> I fought that as hard as I could. Put a better I target. Couldn't do it. That wasn't even that bad. I was, it wasn't. But it's like damn it. Man. Yeah, no. let me write let me write my name on your back. <laughs> yeah. See, now we're just eating time to show you guys silly shit. But I think that's what we should do. I mean, we're probably tired of hearing about ratings and about the details yeah. of all this other shit. Every now and then, we gotta, you know, just let our hair out and shit. Sometimes fun too when like the unexpected stuff comes up. Like she got the Lance Hoyt. No. <laughs> Tramp stamp young. <laughs> We got Boogeyman's tattoo. No, I'm kidding. He doesn't have a tattoo, but since we're just doing cosmetic shit now at this point, he put this video out. This is him removing his makeup, which uh, I don't know. I guess it scared people somehow. I don't know how a guy removing his makeup would scare people. Because people are bitches. Like, is he uglier without the makeup or something? Could be. You know, like, how the fuck is he? It's more scary with the makeup, if you ask me. All right, well, let's see what the hell we're looking at here. Come on. There we go. Oh, wow, that shit comes off like a rubber mask, huh? Is that what it is? That's what you can look at a fucking horror movie. Oh, look at that. Is he smiling the whole time, too? Like... <laughs> I'm Suck. Let's sit in the position and pray. Wow, looks like his face is peeling off, right? That's almost a better look for him. Yeah. He looks sort of like Kano from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I'm Kano. I'm coming to get you. I fucking don't. He's in really good shape, too. Dude is amazing shape. Wow. He looks great. Like, good lord. Like. Good for him, man. Holy shit. I'm glad we looked at that. That was in my fluff program. Yeah. I was just like, you know what I have? Let me look at some stuff in the fluff program. I guess sometimes you got to break out the fluff. Rod does it every week. You could do it too. Yeah, right? Like, why should we be ashamed? Having and fluff? ours is less fluff. 
Yeah. Write it down. <laughs> Arms is left flop. <laughs> oh, you hear that law that ours is left flop. It really is. Oh my god. Oh Yeah, so this that I'm about to bring up here. And I feel like I'm in a time warp here. Apparently, this is Arn Anderson hitting Buff Bagwell with a spine buster. And it's recent. What the fuck? How the fuck did that happen? Wait a minute. Let me check. Is this a PlayStation 4 or 2? Give it a minute. It's loading in. But while it is, I'm going to read you guys what the hell it has here. He was in the Sears Center. And yeah, that's exactly what This is a pretty recent thing that happened. I'm trying to figure out what company this is with. I don't know. It's a company that will have an old-ass Arn Anderson hit Buff Bagel with a spine buster. Right? Like, where can I go to watch Arn Anderson freaking... Buff! Just leveled! Ron Rett catcher on the outside. And He's got the, a chain! The Rett catcher... He's got a chain! Well, the Rett catcher dropped that chain. You saw it as well as I did. And now... Buff Bagwell... With a right steal. hand. He's going to try to steal this match, KC. Well, steal this match. What are you talking Look about? This. Look out. Look out. Uh, this is totally no way Arn Anderson. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Arn Anderson with a spine buster to Buff Bagwell. KC. And that the cover. Look. He's got him. Look. The lover boy Matt Riviera with a huge assist from Double A R Anderson. Who the hell did they get to be a commentator? A me seeks? I don't know. Oh yeah. my god, that was was that up there with like the mankind running from King of the Ring '99? This was just like weird. I can't believe he's running in right now. This was just fucking weird. That's <laughs> why I said it reminds me when Vader came out with TNA and sweatpants. <laughs> I remember those days too. There was a while Vader went through a whole sweatpants phase. It he wasn't really just did. one thing. It was like it's a little time. It's time. It's sweatpants time. Like, yeah, poor guy. You know, Jesus. Yeah, I'm gonna drop that in the chat room for you guys too, so that you can see old ass Arn Anderson hitting that spot. Saku Hasu, how you doing, man? You know, I um, I'm actually that's isn't that Marceline? Yeah, that's Marceline. Marceline, what's up? What's happening? Yeah, sometimes I forget the the names when we, from the transition over here. But yeah, I knew that was Marceline. Oh, dear God. And also Wild Beer Hawk. I just happened to see him pop in. Hello. Mm-hmm. Sweat, sweatpants Spinebuster, man. I tell you. S- sweatpants Spinebuster. <laughs> Write it down. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> I reach with the phone quick, too. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, incredible. But yes, it's weird when I see stuff like that. Like Bagwell, I didn't even know Bagwell was still wrestling. What the hell is he doing? Right. You know, I thought he became like a like a call a call boy or something. A call boy. He started, <laughs> he started doing out calls, right? <laughs> he was a gigolo. <laughs> a gigolo. That's what they call him. He was a gigolo. I was almost tempted to let you run down the names until you got it, but I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, no, nah, nah, this would have become a little too explicit if you would have let me keep going. <laughs> you know the names weren't going to go anywhere positive after that Not at all. yeah but i remember him i thought he literally he left wrestling to be a gigolo right well, i guess he went back huh and he still had a girlfriend i guess she was cool with it or whatever <laughs> that's some bizarre shit right there man 
Right. Unbelievable. So, uh, Moxley apparently had to give up his uh, IWGP title, didn't he? Yeah, because, I mean, he, he's hard. He really hasn't been back to Japan called uh, since G1 because he's been in AEW the whole time. So they're just like, what was the point of him having the title? Yeah, we got a few pieces of Moxley news here I'm going to show you guys. At New York Comic Con, him and Jericho both talked about why they left WWE, which I uh, want you guys to see here. AEW specifically, that really drew you guys to and work with this company. Zero riots to report to. Everybody's happy. Yeah, exactly. So Paige's brother, Roy, I guess Roy Knight would be his name. He went on social media and uh he posted saying he went on Facebook and he said, supposed to be going to WWE next month, but once again been blocked from someone in the office. Once again, so I'm being told anyone else want want kick me in the bollocks. Well, I'm down, feel free. I'm never going to change who I am. Honest, straight talking fella. If I've got something to say, I'll tell you, but the wrestling world isn't like that. It's all about stroking egos and backstabbing. UK hooligans are the best known tag team on the UK indie scene. I'm happy doing wrestling in bingo halls as long as I get to entertain fans and enjoy what I'm doing. 
So then William Regal replied and he said, I hate doing this, but no choice, Roy, Patty. You've got my number. Be men, the both of you, and call me up, Roy. Just recheck the Facebook post threatening a WWE staff member in public from last week and see how it might affect your family. This is on you. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. Yeah, somebody pissed off at somebody for something. But he claims that he's being blocked from going to WWE. I guess the insinuation is that it's Regal who's doing it. Could be. Hmm. That's something else. I mean, I don't know what it is like that. It is strange to me that the Knight family never uh, really did make it in any kind of American wrestling aside from Paige, you know? Yeah, Paige was the only one. Really unusual stuff there. I don't know. I don't really see them in any other promotions or really doing anything. And uh, I didn't even know he threatened somebody. Like, he threatened the WWE official like, from across the seas. Like, how does that work? Jesus. <laughs> I know how you pull that off. Yeah, exactly. So, um, this season in Total Divas, and that's probably not something you're going to see me say a lot. Carmella actually gets to address the Corey Graves thing. Yeah, so I want you guys to look at this because you get to see how it affected her. Like, everyone is judging me. It's just crazy that they're coming after me. And, but for him, it's like, oh, cool. Corey Graves got with Carmella. Good for him. It's like the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. I don't even know how to deal with it because I've never been through anything like this. All I know is like I love him and like he loves me and we're happy and I didn't do anything wrong. I know, I know in my heart I didn't break up a family and I would never do something like that. I just don't like that the entire world now thinks that I did this horrible thing. Her crying reminds me of Susan Lucci's crying. Remember the soap star Susan Lucci? How she had oh, to like, God. She had to like practically like squeeze her whole sphincter to be able to shed a tear. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> that fucking description, man. Because like, <laughs> I was visualizing as you were describing it. Then they got to there and I was like, oh, I've gone too far. Like, ooh. <laughs> I took a wrong turn. Backtrack, backtrack. There was the fake crying, you know? God. But yeah, we, we, we talked about this before when all that stuff came out. That family was shot long before she showed up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but people automatically were jumping to conclusions before they knew all of the facts in the story. And we talked about that on here, too. How everybody was acting crazy about a story they didn't even have all the fucking information to. Yeah. And then once the other side came out, we saw where the real problem was. Yeah, and that's the problem with a lot of these stories. You know, people go nuts. And it was a lot of the uh, freaking, a lot of the SJWs, too, who were all, like, ready to condemn the two of them while being in similar situations. Right. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. You know? Like, there, there was a time when you were the Miller, so I would keep that mouth shut. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird to me how that, how it was approached. And then no one's in the situation to know about the situation, but the people involved in it. And the internet was quick to pass judgment on these guys. Like before, like the story broke that day. And I think by the time we got, were on the air, everyone had their own conclusion about what the fuck it meant. And then we found out mid show exactly what really happened. Mid show, we were on there live with you guys, and we realized what was actually going on. That's what I mean. Like that's the reason you got to take everything with a with a grain of salt when yeah. this kind of stuff happens. And yeah, so Mella, yeah, Mella ain't do nothing wrong. 
Yeah. If if Corey's ex wife would have kept shit together, maybe it wouldn't be a problem. But <laughs> yeah. But to finish off the Moxley story, we're bouncing around a lot here, I know, but uh, about the IWGP title and him having to give it up, they did have a posting on in New Japan. I'm gonna show That's you guys. For the G1. That's toughest tournament in all sports. The hardest thing, most challenging thing, most intense thing I've ever done in my career. A few months ago, I didn't think even competing with G1 against the best wrestlers in the world was even a possibility. But fuck it, I went for it. And I could spend a lot of time bitching about the Bullet Club, bitching about this referee. I don't know how you choke a brother unconscious and somehow lose a match, but you know, I don't make the rules. I'm not gonna make excuses. I came here and did something 99% of the world doesn't have the balls to do. And I gave you absolutely everything I have. I gave you every single fiber of my being. I came in as prepared as I possibly could. I laid it on the line every night. I fought through, I fought harder through more pain than I ever have in my career during this tournament. And that's really saying something. I had a stinger for like three fucking weeks. I just really wanted to win this tournament. I really believed I was gonna. I came within sea hair of doing it. You can't say cunt on this? You have juice. I guess Jeff Robinson had more brains than he has guts. I'd be cruising into the finals tomorrow night right now. He should have tapped out. I felt ligaments popping. I felt things popping, snapping, and cracking his leg. He's never going to be the same after tonight. But he got one over on me. And I went one and one. And, uh... It's not one of my finer qualities, but I am not one to let a grudge go. So I don't think it is over between me and young Mr. Robinson. I'm not going to make any excuses. I tried as hard as I possibly could. Man, the post interviews in New Japan go on for days. At the end of the day, the mistakes are made me. And I didn't win the G1. But I'm leaving here. I'm leaving Tokyo. My head held high. And what we got now, what we got now, this is called a baseline. This is what I can do. This is our starting off point. This is rock bottom. From here, we just get better. We just get stronger. We just get smarter. We just get more fucking dangerous. Good night, Ah, that guy still shows up with him. I know not everybody loves me. There's a lot of people that do. For those people who do love me, that do support me, that are fans of Juice Robinson, I want to say sorry for this G1. I'm sorry, eight points. That ain't gonna cut it. You all know that, and I know that. Takes about a dozen points. A dozen points to be in the conversation of who goes to the final tomorrow. 
and who gets to main event Tokyo Dome. I know that. All right, my head wasn't in the game 100%, and I apologize. But I think every human being on this earth knows what it's like to have a monkey on their back, to have an itch that they just can't scratch. Okay? And that was John Moxley for me. That was him having the United States Championship. That's what has kept me up at night since Ryo Goku, since the best of the Super Juniors final. The way that he walked in here and demoralized me and took that title, just like he said he would, just like all of you said he would, that killed me. All right, that hurt my feelings. And that's where my head was. That's where my head's been since then. Okay, so eight points ain't gonna cut it, but I did what I set out I was gonna do. I did what I set out to do, and that was beat John Moxley. And this okay. is how it works. Okay, Juice, okay, okay. We had enough of the juice, Jesus Christ. You got the juice now. <laughs> no, I don't want no more of it yet, though. Okay, I guess we can talk some injuries before we wrap up with uh, Raw and SmackDown here. Ooh, boo-boos. Oh, I can't wait, right? That's what we should call it from now on, boo-boos. Okay, Sasha Banks. Apparently, you guys already know, but she is out with an injury. She has a tailbone injury. And they took her off the road, and there's no timetable right now for her return. So, that's really shitty timing, huh? Right, just came back and got fucked up in that cell, and now she's back all again? Mm-hmm. According to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Ember Moon has an Achilles injury, and there is also no return date listed for her, but she's supposed to be out of action Action for us being quoted as a decent length of time. Yeah, with her ring style, she can't mess with an Achilles injury like that. Mm-hmm. So on AEW Dynamite... Kip Sabian won the triple threat match against Sonny Kiss and Peter Avalon, and he was injured. According to Alex Marvez, he said that Sabian worked the remainder of the match with a busted open before Dynamite with a busted hand, and he received medical treatment backstage. And that's really all that we know. He finished his match. It was an AEW dark match, and uh, but he had a hand injury during it. Tyler Bate basically must be injured because attack pro wrestling told their fans that he's not going to be able to make his october 9th event due to injury we don't know what the injury is yet so, a lot of these injuries haven't been fully diagnosed so we're like in the beginning of a new injury season apparently yeah according to pw insider samoa joe broke his thumb when he was wrestling a couple of weeks ago that's why he had that cast on tonight on raw and last week uh, during the first time of the draft Mm-hmm. And Kushida fought Walter, and apparently he got injured during that. We're still questioning whether or not this is a work or not, but they have Kushida in a cast after fighting Walter. We're hearing that he re-aggravated a already existing injury. And uh yeah, he, he put out a picture of himself with a cast on. I'm going to link you guys to on the channel. I'm not going to put it up on the screen right now. I just don't want to get this shit done with running late. But yeah, right, Kaylee? Poor, poor Sasha. You know, like her luck is just the worst right now. 
Right. Get well soon. Yeah, with this no luck. And I think that's it. You got any other injuries? Because I know these things pile up. Nah, that's really... That's about it. Nobody else really got busted up. Boo Boo Road was sore this week, so... Yeah, but it was a lot of important people, you know, a lot of yeah. master talent on, including Sasha. So I figured, get it out of the way. You know, if somebody exactly. if somebody dies or breaks their leg next week, we won't have to stack pile Sasha on. That'd be disrespectful. Jesus, yeah. You know, <laughs> here like, yeah, Sasha broke a tailbone. That sucks. Oh yeah, and superstar Billy Graham died also. You know, you wouldn't pick that one, wouldn't you? Because <laughs> I just threw around. One. No, he's not that people. Nah, nah, he's still there. I like how you said that with such disdain. <laughs> such utter fucking disdain for the guy. I hate people who just exist at the bitch like this. All right. Well, let's go over the main shows. I guess we'll call them the draft shows, which are let's talk about what happened on SmackDown and Raw. And let's talk about what this draft means and where it's going. To do so, we have to talk about SmackDown, which opens with Rollins versus Reigns, one representing Raw, the other representing SmackDown in the first draft pick of the night. Unfortunately, the finish is that the lights cut out and Reigns is nowhere to be found and Rollins gets dragged to hell by Bray. They literally did the old school guy coming out from the ring and the smoke coming up when they're both in the hole and then he climbed back out. I hated it. I hate that that happened in 2019, man. Right, we can't pull that finish anymore. It doesn't have the same effect. You know, but Rollins, even though no one rings a bell and no one says anything when this is all happening, I guess so they don't want to they don't want to kill the atmosphere of the fiend. Rollins winds up getting a DQ victory as a result. Then they give us a, a camera cut to the what's being called the USA Network and Fox Network War Rooms, which are these two <laughs> conference rooms with a bunch of executives standing around waiting with bated breath to determine who's going to be taken and drafted to and away from their respective networks. Oh my god, this oh, is my favorite boy. part of the draft. Both days. Oh boy, yeah, really? That's your favorite part of the draft. It's all downhill from here, folks, if that's what your favorite part of the draft is. <laughs> it's just so funny to hear the reaction and Mojo rolling a raw. Yeah! Like what? Yeah. So, St- so Stephanie McMahon comes out. She's the representative of this draft. She she actually gets a pop, and then she addresses to the crowd that she's very disappointed that there was no booze. You know, I love uh, how she gave them shit for not booing them. Mm-hmm. So the first draft pick was Becky Lynch going to Monday Night Raw, which I have to say surprised me because I thought Becky she's been all about Fox and she's been doing commercials with Fox and she's been promoting with Fox. She's been the Fox girl, and they just, just dumped it- her over on Raw. It seemed like they just used her name to try to get the attention. Yeah, it's very interesting. And now she won't be on there anymore because they said they're going to be the, the Iron Wall's coming up after this. They're not going to be doing that wild card rule. Yeah, that irrelevant ass rule that they broke the it, night they said it will not be there anymore. It's going to be like the old days. This is really going to feel like two separate shows permanently. So, But Becky Lynch goes to Raw. Draft pick number two was Roman Reigns going to SmackDown, which essentially is not where Roman Reigns has been a lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of these drafts, honestly, were people just staying where they already were, where they already were. Yeah. So then the next pick was the OC goes to Raw. Keep in mind, guys, that the rules for this draft are you can draft a stable. You can draft tag teams. You don't have to draft one. You can take a whole team if you want, unless someone specifically wants one person, in which case then that will not happen. So the OC goes to Raw, which is where they were. At least that's where I feel like they were. Yeah, that's where they've been. Bray Wyatt goes to SmackDown. Now, that's different, because Bray's been on Raw this whole time. Good, good. Draft pick number five is Drew McIntyre to Raw, who we don't really see that often. Yeah, I haven't seen him since Mania, I think. 
Yeah. So then we get a match. Corbin versus officially Shorty Gable. That is his new name. Oh my God. You know, and this is not a push. People are saying that Vince McMahon likes him and this is his way of pushing him. Well, you tell that to the finish because Corbin goes over at end of days. You know? <laughs> he wanted so, to crack a short joke. The only thing he wanted was a nickname. You know? <laughs> but this brings us to the next draft pick, which is number six, Randy Orton going to Raw. Doesn't really change too much of anything for me there. If I if I say any, if I mention a draft pick and you think it changes or you have any opinion, just call it yeah. out chat room and you. Yeah, I'm. You know. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think Orton's been on SmackDown the whole time. Okay, so Randy Orton back on Raw. Uh, draft pick number seven, Sasha Banks to SmackDown. That's different because yeah, she's been even before she left, she was kind of locked mostly into Raw. She's gonna be waving the Fox flag around. Draft pick number eight, Ricochet to Raw, which is where he's been. Yeah. Yeah. That's been his primary spot. Draft pick number nine, Braun Strowman to SmackDown. That's a change. Yeah, that's definitely different. Okay. And then draft pick number 10 was Bobby Lashley to Raw, which is where he's been. Uh, yeah. You know, so some of these are cop-out drafts. Yeah, some of these are more just, he was already here, but now we're locking him on that spot. Yeah, which is essentially what they wind up doing. And, uh, okay, let's see, because then we have... Uh, the Brock Lesnar promo where they talk about UFC and they actually bring up and show footage. They show like some, some still shots of, of, uh, Brock Lesnar because Ray, Ray Mysterio comes out with Cain Velasquez and they show some UFC clips of the beating that he took and they talk about the loss and everything. I thought it was an interesting segment the way they just literally just talked openly about yeah. UFC. They even show the exact, uh, what the cut looked like that gave Brock that scar on the left side of his face. Yeah, I guess they they try to legitimize, if they want to legitimize this as a sport, they want to have things like that, you know? And yeah. Squires, Orton versus Rollins will be good. Orton versus Rollins has been good in the past, though. Like, that's like an old feud. And it's not like it was like one match. They had a story where they were both in the, uh, they were both in the, the authority, authority together. And, and Rollins and Orton couldn't stand each other. And that culminated in WrestleMania where Orton hit that beautiful thing where, um, he goes for the blackout first. Uh, Rollins goes for the curb stomp and, uh, he winds up springing him off of his shoulders into a pop up RKO. So, I mean, yeah. we've seen enough Orton versus Rollins where they actually had a story and a feud that it doesn't make any sense to me now that, uh, they just decided to do that again, you know? Yeah. Which is kind of funny. A backstory, uh, to that RKO, they tried that a million times and never hit it perfectly. The reason Orton popped is because that's the one time and it worked. And he wasn't supposed to pop, apparently. <laughs> it looked so good. And then that was the same mania where Rollins goes on to win the title. Yeah. You know, and I believe that even Orton faced him during that, you know. So, I mean, him and Orton have like a long storied history where it's just like, I just don't want to see any more of that. Yeah, they don't need to go back to that again. Yeah. Like enough already, guys, with the uh, with the recycled stuff. If there's a reason to have... Uh, them them feud it would be one thing but now it's, it started feeling like the feuding is just for the sake of feuding you know remember that one time when they fought guess what they're gonna fight again yeah that's exactly what it is <laughs> you know these two have had a great feud so we're gonna have them have a great feud it's <laughs> like really that's the logic on what you're doing things you know but yeah so the brock lesnar situation happens um, Kane basically says in Spanish that he's going to give Brock another scar on the other side of his face. And then Ray translates, which I don't understand because Kane speaks perfect English. They're doing it for dramatics. You know, mm. They like the theatrics of it. <laughs> 
And now it's official. At the time, it wasn't, but Cain Velasquez has signed a multi-year deal with WWE. Mark Romaldi, Romandi of ESPN Sports said that uh, WWE signed Velasquez and uh, he also announced to UFC his retirement. So officially, Cain Velasquez is part of the WWE universe now. That's the good news. The better news is that according to B- Brad Shepard, uh, Vince McMahon isn't happy with, uh, Kane Velasquez's look. He wants him to tighten up. He wants him to, uh, he wants him to, uh, you know, bulk up and just look more impressive than he currently looks. You know, remember Chris Jericho last week said, who's the skinny fat dude after that segment happened? <laughs> you know, maybe that bothered Vince or whatever, but I mean, it should bother him. But yeah, he just looked, uh, Squire said that Kane Velasquez he thought, he thought that was Dominique in his final form. Honestly, me too. I said that on here. When I saw him come out since he was with Ray, and I really wasn't thinking about what Kane Velasquez currently looks like, I was like, Dominique? Like for a minute, I was just like, <laughs> like that ass whipping powered him up like that? <laughs> that was a same guy boost that I had. No, it was it was it was Kane Velasquez. But yeah, they want him to uh they they want Vince wants him to get ripped, is what we're being said. If he's going to be a part of this, he wants him to have a better body, you know, and uh, they said that Velasquez, the the, the feeling backstage is that he's really nice and willing to learn. Hopefully he's willing to bulk up, too. Yeah. Kane's always been a very nice person, so that's definitely not a shock to hear that. Yeah. I hope he does well. I'm glad he's at least sticking around. This isn't just some one-off thing. Yeah, he's also trying to get some knee surgery done. But apparently he might also be going the route, according to Meltzer, he might also be getting stem cells in his knee instead of having the surgery so that he can avoid the surgery entirely. So this stem cell stuff has come a long way from when it was just research, huh? Yeah, like people it's, it's legit helping a lot of people out. When's the last time, like in the time that we've been on here reporting injuries, when the hell's the last time you've heard somebody us say, oh, you know, somebody was going to have a surgery, but they decided to just inject them with stem cells and cure it. Right. That's never, this is like a new thing. Everyone's acting casual about it and shit, but it's unheard of. You know, at least until now, this point in history, you know, but, uh, Kane, um, Kane Velasquez officially being part of WWE was something that Ariel Helwani talked about with Jack Hager, formerly Jack Swagger on his show. I wanted you guys to hear a little bit of this. I'm going to link you to the whole episode. And then Kane Velasquez on Friday, who had the better debut in your opinion? Oof. Well, I mean, if you're asking me, I a hundred percent think I had the better debut. I don't know if you heard, but there was 14,000 people chanting, uh, we the people for me, and I, I didn't even even bother to raise my hand for it. You know what? I think it, I think it's cool that Kane was able to cross over. I think it's awesome. Uh, you know, I want to see more and more people cross over. I want to see more wrestlers cross over in MMA, more MMA cross over into pro wrestling, because then our fans truly see how similar the worlds are and how great they can be when you understand what's going on. Uh, you know, personally, uh, I think mine was better though. Okay. I think it's interesting, though, that they saw me surprise debut, and then a oh. couple of days later, they had Kane come out, not even signed to a contract, you know, kind of rush, hush, hush. Oh. So, mm. You think that, that mm. was in reaction to your debut? That was a smashing success? Uh, I, I don't even pay attention to that world i i wouldn't well, even know well, you brought it up first you yeah you said it was interesting. yeah you dumbass did i do that well, no <laughs> um okay fair you enough. broke that news you said that i was just going along with it 
how do you think he's going to do? Because the one thing I heard from people was like, oh, the physique doesn't look, you know, like in the world of MMA, it's no, okay I'm to, about to kill not this. Let's have keep like this a, big, a little bit you know, more. muscular physique. But in pro wrestling, especially against Brock, it's a little different. How do you think the fans are going to take to him? Uh, I mean, they he walked out with Rey Mysterio first time. That's a that's a great start right there. I mean, right. It's hard to beat that debut. I mean, having uh, Brock Lesnar cower to you, that's uh, pretty, pretty, pretty cool. It, the fans are very fickle, you know, much like they are in MMA. They want to know that you're 100% involved and that you're not playing games and like, that this isn't a joke to you. Like, this is serious because this is very serious to those fans watching and paying their money to it. So uh, I think, uh, you know, he, he's a very hard worker. He always has been, even back when we used to wrestle in college. Uh, and so I don't see any reason why he can't succeed. Okay. Wouldn't that? I mean, it's amazing how the the lines continue to get blurred, right? Even Tyson Fury showing up there. You're on AEW, Kane. I mean, it just seems like everyone who hates the fact that you know, like I, I always like to say that MMA's roots are in pro wrestling, and fans get all upset about that. But I think last week really proved. I mean, look at Adesanya coming out with the dancing and all this. This is all pro wrestling, right? Yeah, that Adesanya intro was pretty cool, by the way. Yeah. Most definitely, and yeah, Squires is white. Squires is white. Uh, Swagger, you're not. You're not Kane Velasquez's lead, bro. You came. You showed up. You were undefeated in the ROH of MMA. All right. Yeah, <laughs> don't call it the R. I mean, they call it the TNA. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> TNA is funnier. But yeah, it's like like they were saying they were chanting "We you we the people" because that's the only fucking thing they remember you for. Nothing else. Weed the people. We did it, yes, yes. All right, so after that, we got New Day versus the OC, and I guess they give Kofi the rub to make up for him losing the title because Kofi goes over AJ with the trouble in paradise. That brings us back to the draft picks, which we're now up to number 11, Alexa Bliss going to Raw. Draft pick 12, Lacey Evans to SmackDown. I guess that's different, right? Yeah. But then why was she on Raw tonight? Probably the send-off show or something, because you know, this was night two of the draft. Okay. Draft pick three, Kevin Owens, too raw. What was the point of him avoiding getting fired by Shane on SmackDown if he they, was they having to leave anyway? We assume they thought this far. Draft pick 14, the revival to SmackDown. So that's different, right? Yeah, I think so. Draft pick 15, Natalia to Raw. That's what she always is, isn't it? Yeah, she's pretty much, she's hardly a raw SmackDown nowadays. Yeah. Draft pick 16 was the Viking Raiders to Raw, which is where they always are. Yeah. Draft pick 17 was Lucha House Party to SmackDown. I and mean, now they're bef- now, now at least somebody will be in goal position. Mm-hmm. Draft pick 18 was Nikki Cross to Raw. So this is where it gets stupid. So Nikki Cross got drafted by Raw as pick 18. But Alexa Bliss was drafted as pick 11. The rules clearly state that you can take a person's whole team. So why did Raw waste two draft picks if they could have just taken Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in the first place and had an extra draft pick? What would be the point of taking one and then the other? You know what I mean? Like, that makes no sense whatsoever. They're a tag team, and you wanted both of them. Why? Chip, you, you know what? You just you made the list. To, uh, oh, no. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> Thank you for the follow there. It's me. It's me who who clid 80. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Either way, thank you. But you see what I mean? Why waste a draft pick? You know what I mean? Which is going to kind of reflect on what I was thinking when 
one of the particular draft picks from SmackDown. Yeah, um, yeah. When one of the pick got draft pick of the draft night tonight. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, to me that was just strange. It was like, okay, we'll take we'll take Alexa Bliss, and then later on we'll take Nikki Cross. They if forgot take, their own rules. Take them again. both. If you were, if you were able to draft Alexa Bliss, wouldn't you just take Nikki Cross to have two? They so just recently be, lost the tag titles. Like, take them both. Unless for some mysterious reason you didn't want Nikki Cross. And then if you pick her later on in the draft, then you're a fool. You're a fool. <laughs> Once again, this is the wild card rule all over again. They make a rule and then break it in the same night. Anyway, draft pick 19, Heavy Machinery 2, SmackDown. Okay. They've been kind of back and forth, so it's... Yeah. And then draft pick 20 was the Street Profits 2 Raw. No shit. Yeah. And uh after this we get a Bailey intro. Bailey shows up and she pulls out what the hell was that? She pulls out a sharp object and starts killing all of the all of her uh, <laughs> her Bailey buddies, her wacky inflatable Te- guys. Texas Chainsaw Massacre those Oh man, she sure did, dude. She went she finally is turning into the Bailey that we we need. She went full Pam. I need you to look at this kid. Watch this. <laughs> I heard about this, but I haven't seen it. Look at this kid that's watching SmackDown. This is like why I love wrestling. <laughs> My cute baby. <laughs> that's yes. him watching Bailey destroy the buddies. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to run that shit again. Zoom in on the face. Get those tears right in there. He did not like Bailey doing that. Yo, this <laughs> didn't we just say this is what she started doing? Making kids cry, brah. Oh. Wow. I don't know if it's because I work in retail or in fact it was really funny. <laughs> I enjoyed that so much. Squire said he thought his dad turned on TNA. <laughs> no, that's not a make-a-wish kid. Yeah, all right. Oh, he wishes Bailey and kill off some Bailey bucks. Man, he really he took that hard, right? Right? He lost the best friend. Like that, his fun was ruined. He was all happy when he saw Bailey come out, and the next thing you know, it was just mm. that is tragic, boy. Was it? Was it? Was that his version of the Pike scene? I guess. Jesus I don't know Christ. what the hell that was, man. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, poor guy. Poor little right. dude. Yeah, you'll be all right. You have a lot more disappointment from this company to look forward to. <laughs> years and years more. We ain't, we ain't even got that. to tonight, man. man. Come on now. You think that's the only time they're going to make you cry? They're going to make you cry as a man, too, kid. Get used to it. <laughs> you know, if this is the path you choose, you're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> Tough it up. Oh, man. Too good. Too good. But yeah, Bailey, what do you think of her heel turn? She came out with her hair down. I love uh, it. You know, the ponytail is what needed to go because the second it was gone, it was like a whole new person. Yeah, and she also uh, won the title from Charlotte. That was the other thing. Yeah. You know, she said, screw it. I'm going to win the title. And she did. And she didn't just say screw it. She said, hey, bitches, screw you. Mm hmm. I was like, wow. This is new. What took them so long to pull the trigger on that? It could just be because Sasha's gone, right? Yeah, I mean, Sasha's not here right now, so it's like, screw it, let's see what happens. They were like, shit, we have to do something. Turn her, let her go full Pam. Yeah, right? She has like a Pam hair crew, so it's just like... That's what it is, she has that Pam look now. (laughs) 
Writing that one down, she went full Pam. <laughs> full Pam on your ass. Yeah, this is hey, a yo, post. There's a post interview with her here. I don't know if it's any good, but let's see. Um, a new haircut attacking the Bailey buddies. It seems like we are seeing a whole new side to Bailey. Uh, what exactly did that mean out there to win the SmackDown Women's Championship uh, as the new Bailey? Kathy, did you hear me out there today? Right now? Five seconds ago? To the fans, I said, screw all of you. And that includes. Yes. Wow. It's vicious. That's what we need, right? right? We need a violent smash mouth bait. Mm-hmm. I'm going to link that to you guys in the chat room if you want to see her new look and stuff. Good for her, though. Yeah, I love that that kid cried, though. He probably wasn't. I oh. like that they, they didn't they didn't warn anybody. You know? No warning at all. They didn't warn anybody, so he was waiting for the Bailey celebration. There ain't no stopping or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There is some stopping you now. <laughs> right now, what down to? You know, there. <laughs> Don't be so confident. There's definitely some stopping you. <laughs> you know, I could just stab these motherfuckers. That's what she did. You know what I <laughs> I wish they would have caught the exact moment when it happened. Because we've all seen that moment where a kid starts crying. You can see the moment of transition. It's like a blink of an eye. Oh. And that's it. The role model of children is gone. <laughs> hey, fuck them kids. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck them kids. So uh, Izzy actually spoke to Busted Open Radio. She had an interview with them. And uh, they asked her on, on their podcast what she thought of the heel turn. And she actually uploaded her answer, which uh, I'm going to bring it up on the screen here. And it's kind of an exclusive for Busted Open. I really hope Bailey keeps up with this character because when I make it to the WWE and I will make it to the WWE, I'm going to show everyone, and I mean everyone, who is the true role model. And that's shoot your shot. I love this. Shoot your shot. Oh, so and that's how I was a busted open person. Shoot your shot. Bailey calling her shot early. I mean, is he calling her shotter? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen her heal it up in the indies, so. Oh, yeah. That kid's got some talent. I mean, she's still young, but she's she's got the personality for it. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely does. Yeah. You know, she already has the following. She capitalized on that super fan thing. Oh, yeah. So this is the point now where whenever there's a taping, you see her all the time. She's in the same spot every time I've noticed as well. But, yeah, that girl... Hey, I'd like to see her make it one day. It would be the tr- it would be the greatest probably telltale story ever. Like just she used to be Bailey super fan, now she's in the WWE, so Yeah, absolutely. That would be cool. We'll see though. Yeah, you know, only time will tell. I think she'll do it. I mean she really does judo and shit, right? Like she's already exactly. athletic. She's she's, she's pretty good at it too. <laughs> I think unless she was to fuck up somehow, I pretty much see that being in her future. Yeah. yeah, but there was an. I guess there was a house show where Bailey did her intro. If anyone wants to have a look at her new intro or new music, she is the oh, wait, wait, wait. 
See, because it stops off with the Bailey buddies. That's messed up, right? I wonder if it's going to be that huge time. Too much drums in her song. Like, what's that all about? Those are like heel music. Yeah. Definitely gotta take getting used to for sure. I mean, they play it when she won the title, so yeah. Which I hate when they play somebody when someone turns heel and they already have the music ready, right? Like at the like when as the outro, like come on, man, what the hell are you doing? Stop that! You know, you're screwing up my submersion in this shit. <laughs> Let me believe for a second this shit was not planned. Yeah. So, uh, SmackDown. Now that we're done talking about it, pretty much. SmackDown had 4 million viewers last week. And they lost, I believe, about a million or so. Yeah, so uh, that pretty much sucks, you know? So wait a minute, let me see. And apparently the problem with them losing that many viewers from what I'm seeing here is that Dish and Sling are now carrying Fox again. So this week's edition of SmackDown should have had more viewers, but instead they were 1 million viewers short. So that means that the drop was significant, you know, like think about it. If they had 4 million viewers at the debut and this week they have 3 million viewers. A lot of people. No, but what, but aside from that, we can say something like, uh, how did they lose a million? So they, because they didn't just lose a million is what I'm trying to say. They, let's say they lost a million five hundred thousand, right? Something right. like that. Then they got an additional five hundred thousand from the people that now have dish and sling, which is probably the only reason why they only lost one million is what I'm getting at. They're yeah, missing so it, a million, but that's with new people. For a lot of people, this was their first time having SmackDown on Fox this following week. So they lost a million, but they probably lost more, but it only looks like a million because of all of the new adapters. Next week is going to be the real test. You know? Yeah, very true. But they lost a significant number, more than a million for them to only have lost a million. That makes sense to anyone. 
Yeah. Yeah, they they like even if Fox hadn't even Disha and Sling hadn't put Fox back on, they still lost a million just on its own. Yeah, like for example, if they wouldn't have lost just an estimate here, if they wouldn't have because I don't know how many homes are in Disha Sling, if they wouldn't have lost a single person from last week to this week, they would have still had that four million plus maybe let's say an additional five hundred thousand. But they're at three million right now, and that's probably including that additional five hundred thousand. Exactly. So I would say they lost over over a million and a half. It's just my rough estimate here. I don't know for sure, but it's pretty bad. After the show went off of the air throughout the rest of the weekend, they used the website in order to continue the draft as they always do, and they put Apollo Cruz on SmackDown, Drew Gulak on SmackDown, EC3 on Raw, Eric Young on Raw, Sin Cara on Raw. Tamina on SmackDown and the B team on SmackDown. So there you go, Willie V2. That's what happened to Ball. He was asking earlier. He got website drafted. He got web drafted. Exactly. That brings us to Raw. This week's Raw, which, by the way, Lawler, it's the Firefly Funhouse, not Firehouse. God Almighty. This isn't the sequel to Backdraft. (laughs) There's no Firehouse in this. You know, it's the Firefly Funhouse. He was calling it the Firehouse. I'm going call it the Firehouse Funhouse. We ain't got no subs here. What do you mean? Yeah, so Becky Lynch opens the show and Charlotte comes out. And the two of them are going to be the first match to determine who gets to pick for tonight's draft. It was supposed to be Becky versus Sasha. But because of the situation, they had to come up with something. So I guess that's why they just decided, fuck, we're just going to have to flip Charlotte again, emergency. And they literally have Charlotte come out. She first tries to get on Becky's good side, saying that she maybe this is going to be an eternal battle between the two of them. But maybe they'll just be friends. But then it's really a trick and she sucker punches Becky. And this ensues into a brawl, which after the commercial break becomes Becky versus Charlotte for the first pick of the night, with the finish being Becky going over with a roll up. So then we get the first line of picks, draft pick one of the night being Seth Rollins staying on Raw. They're saying going to Raw, he's always been on Raw. Draft pick two is Brock Lesnar going to SmackDown. That's a big change, but an expected one because we know they wanted Brock Lesnar over there, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, being that he was WWE champion, I wasn't shocked to see him go to SmackDown. Draft pick three is Charlotte to Raw. That They almost kind of prelude to it during uh, the promos because... Charlotte even said, like, if I wind up on Raw, we'll just fight each other forever all over again. Yeah, and she did, so I guess it's going to happen. The Full New Day, which surprised me because I kind of felt like they were going to break these guys up. The Full New Day get drafted to SmackDown as draft pick number four. And, uh, yeah, good for them. I guess they'll just go back to doing what they were doing before, pancake-wielding, joke-telling, fun guys. Fair enough. Draft pick five, Andrade Cien Almas goes to Monday Night Raw. Yeah, which I want to say he was on SmackDown before, so, yeah. Yeah, that's a change. New territory. Then Andrade and Selena come out, and they're shooting a promo on the opponent, which is Ali. Selena calls the horsewomen the four horse faces and then apologizes to Andrade because he's dating Charlotte, I guess. But if you go back and look, she's like, the four horse faces. Then she looks at Andrade, and she's like, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, stop that, Selena. A little bit of fourth wall breaking there. This leads to the match Andrade versus Ali with the finish being Andrade goes over with the hammerlock DDT thanks to a little bit of help from Selena Vega. That brings forth the next wave of draft picks, which we start with draft pick six. The Kabuki Warriors headed to Raw. Yep. Good for them. I like that change. Oh, yeah. 
draft pick seven, Daniel Bryan stays on SmackDown, even though they're saying going to SmackDown. They were acting like it's a new thing. That's where he's been. But Daniel Bryan and SmackDown, you know, that's what annoyed me this whole draft both days. Like, don't say it like he hasn't always been there. You know, Daniel Bryan, the former general manager of SmackDown, who then came out of retirement on SmackDown. And since then became WWE champion on SmackDown, the tag team champion on SmackDown, and then turned heel on SmackDown and then back to face on SmackDown. That fucking Daniel Bryan is now on SmackDown. No way. (laughs) You are shitting me. Draft pick number eight is Rusev to Raw, which is where he was, wasn't he? Or I don't even know where he was. He's, he's been nowhere. He was there, he was there watching Lashley pork his wife. And Stacey says, <laughs> Stacey says Charlotte and Becky are going to become tag team champions, calling it, I guess, against the Kabuki Warriors, possibly. You know, better mm-hmm. friends, rivals, I don't know. They're all in the same show together. So. Draft pick nine is Bailey to SmackDown, which is where she's been, hasn't she? She's the SmackDown yeah. Women's Champion. I don't know why they even announced the champions as draft picks. Like, you know they're not switching shows. Draft pick number 10 is Alistair Black to Raw. Wasn't that where he... Well, I guess for a little while he was on SmackDown, right? Yeah, he he was going back and forth. He wasn't really, like, legit committed to one show. All right. This is a very soft draft, but I guess the point is this is where everyone's going to be permanently stationed going forward. Yeah. So the Viking Raiders have their match against Ziggler and Root. This is a title match, and the finish, guess what? The Viking Raiders go over... Amazing. The actual tag team won the match. The Viking Raiders. I mean, I guess it was worth having Ziggler and Root if it was just to hand the titles to an actual tag team that deserves it. And I thought it was very interesting in their post-promo that they talked, they acknowledged that they were the former IWGP tag champions in New Japan. They talked about being the Ring of Honor tag champions. They they said those names openly. Yeah. They they listed off everywhere. You know, very cool there. So then the next wave of draft picks comes in with number 11 being Cedric Alexander to Raw, which is where he's been. 11 is Shinsuke Nakamura to SmackDown, which is where he's been. 13 was Humberto Carrillo to Raw, which uh, I guess that's a change. Yep, because, I mean, SmackDown would have been the closest thing at 205. So, yeah, Humberto's coming to Raw. Yeah, draft pick 14 was Ali to SmackDown. Uh, I think that's where he's been, no? yeah. And draft pick 15 was Eric Rowan to Raw. So that's a change. But Daniel Bryan's yeah. also going over to, well, no, Daniel Bryan's staying on SmackDown. So I guess yeah, that's, so the end of that. that's the end of that storyline. Just, I guess it's gone now. <laughs> after, Pretty much. It's the reason Daniel Bryan turned face. And I guess it was going to keep his momentum as a face, but nope. Poof. Gone. So we get Eric Young versus Alistair Black with the finish being that Young taps to the dragon sleeper, which they call the Dark Ritual. He's like a seated, it's like a seated dragon sleeper. He's on his knees, forward on his knees. With his hands behind his back for what I would get when me and uh, Joe Woko were saying probably extra leverage making it more difficult to escape. Yeah, really good looking move, but they called it the Dark Ritual. Eric Young jobbing out here. Next wave of draft picks starting with 16 was Buddy Murphy heading to Raw. That's fully new for him because he was on SmackDown when he would show up. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's very good. Ziggler and Rude to SmackDown, so they took the belts off of them and gave them the boot. Yeah. Now the SmackDown's problem. Mm-hmm. Now they'll go hang out over there. Uh, 18 with Jinder Mahal to Raw. He hasn't been anywhere, so I mean, sure, whatever you want. <laughs> I forgot he was there. <laughs> you know? And then the last two were deliberate to break up a team because draft pick number 19 is Carmella to SmackDown and 20 is R-Truth to Raw. Carmella and R-Truth are done. That is the end of it. Something fun that we were actually all enjoying. To think that started at the, uh, what the hell was that thing? The Mix Match Challenge. Remember that show mm-hmm. they used to do on Facebook where everyone became a team? That yep, they, 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 they survived. They survived all that, 
and kept going with that storyline and developed it into something new. And they just said, ah, you know, for a stupid draft, one on Raw, one on SmackDown. Because why should we have things that are fun and make us actually want to watch? They're too over. We don't want to sell any merchandise or have any people have fun. Right. What's this fun? So then backstage, the Street Profits are celebrating that they're now on a main roster. And then the OC come and they sort of patronize them with tongue-in-cheek compliments before just beating the fuck out of them. I don't even know why they bothered to tongue-in-cheek them if they were going to wind up just doing it. Anyway, just fuck them up. You know, if that's that what was amazing. Fun, we get to the ch- chase. All I'm saying is, guys, you wanted to smoke. What happened? Yeah, all right. While they couldn't save you? So Ricochet has a match against Shelton Benjamin with Ricochet going over with the recoil. I like how that match finished because uh, Shelton Ricochet was going for the 630 and Shelton climbed up the turnbuckle, not as fast as he usually does, but went to throw him from the top and Ricochet landed on his feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very solid. And uh, yeah, I guess Shelton Benjamin is Mr. Enhancement Talent now because they're not seem to be doing anything too positive with him. Yeah, but I mean, he did actually get drafted on TV. So, yeah. So then they have this backstage segment with Lana where she's uh, getting a massage or something. She's getting her, her, her full body massage, but it's at her feet. And like the masseuse is saying stuff like, I, well, she, they're, they're asking her how she likes it. And she's like, I like it harder. Or I like it deeper. And then the, the, the masseuse is suddenly replaced with Lashley, smiling Lashley, who's now rubbing a lotion all over Lana. And then it sort of cuts away where to assume that there was some shaboinking going on there. And mm-hmm. uh, it was the most miserable three and a half seconds of her life. Somehow it goes from this to a boring ass contract signing between Strowman and Tyson Fury, which uh, I didn't even listen to them. I blocked them out, but I know Tyson takes a pen and snaps it. But first he teases it like, "Oh, I might snap this pen. I might snap." This I, pen. Uh, I don't believe. I, I believe that fucking struggle. I might snap this pen like a fucking <laughs> substitute teacher. And the funny thing is, he does this after Strowman punches the table in half. And he snaps a pen in half, and they thought. And then the commentary puts it over. They're like, "Oh, he snapped that pen in half." That pen is gonna be broad stroke. Shut the fuck up. Terrible. Him and his war punches against the security last week. No. <laughs> oh, let's just get through this, please. Draft pick number twenty-one is Samoa Joe going to Raw. Draft pick number twenty-two is the Miz to SmackDown, which I thought was hilarious that they recruit the Miz, a guy who has his own show on the USA Network, to Fox. <laughs> that's true. I didn't think of that. You know what are they doing? Oh, on that's that? amazing. Whatever at this point, right? This is like just all chaos. Draft twenty-three is Akira Tozawa to Raw, which that's different for him, right? Not Kenta Akula. Akira. <laughs> I can't Draft. believe he'd fucking know. <laughs> Draft pick 24th, King Corbin to SmackDown. So that's different for Tozawa and for Corbin. Some changes yeah. going on there. Draft pick 25 is Shelton Benjamin to Raw, which I suppose is different not to ever see him. You know. Buddy Murphy goes over in a match against Cedric Alexander, bringing on another wave of draft picks which is draft pick 26, Rey Mysterio to Raw, which is uh, where he is usually, no? That's where he is most of the time nowadays. It's hard to tell with the freaking uh, wild card and everything else. I feel like everyone's everywhere. Shorty Gable to SmackDown. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we're really calling him that. Titus O'Neil to Raw. I forgot Titus was there, too. Elias to SmackDown. I love how Stephanie said the guy we used to walk with. Yeah, because we don't anymore. That's like when I, there's a story I told on here a few times when I shook Nicole Bass's hand. I said, I used to like watching her. And she was like, used to. Remember that story? <laughs> you, know, you never use, 
You never use used to on a wrestler. You don't. Draft pick 30, Liv Morgan to Raw. So Liv's back? It's like half these people weren't here. Some of them are still on injury, and some of them never moved. I'm telling you, man, this draft was amazing, man. That's how they stick it to AEW with a draft that didn't mean jack shit or dick. Uh, so then the Kabuki Warriors have to fight against Natalia and a secret partner of her choosing, oh which, my they've been, God. which they've been building up the entire night. And I hate them for this because they had Natalia come out. And you know what? I always expect the worst from them, so I didn't even care the whole night until Natalia came out and said, there's only one person I could think of who's unbeatable. Like the way she described her, and unbeatable, I needed a powerhouse, someone who took me to my limits. And I'm thinking, holy shit, Ronda's going to be here. And all you heard was, did it, did it, did it, did it. It was like, oh my God. How the fuck did she give that description for Lacey Evans? Or was it supposed to be Ronda and she got caught in traffic, so they just kept the script the same? I'd like to hope that was it. But I don't think it was. Then they don't even have the courtesy after this big unveiling to let the match start with us. We cut to commercial and come back to a match already in progress. And guess what's in progress? Lacey's ass because she's on the floor already half dead. And then the next 10 minutes of this match is her crawling around for a hot tag to a match that we never really saw anything else of. And then to, to top it all off, even when she gets the hot tag, because of the fact that this match didn't have too much build up to her being in that position of needing the tag, it was more like a lukewarm tag because the crowd didn't pop for it because all they'd seen for the entire time was Evans on the floor getting her ass kicked. So it sort of took the air out of the entire match. And then to make matters worse at the end of it, she does manage to nail the woman's right. I forget on what Kabuki warrior. But uh, she, hits, she laid on Kyrie. Okay, so she hits Kabaiki with... Um, I'm, I'm sorry. She hits, <laughs> <laughs> she, hits, she hits Kyrie with the uh, with the woman's right. And, they get, and then she winds up getting rolled up by Asuka. Yeah, because so yeah, Kyrie went for the insane elbow, well, went into position for the insane elbow, and Asuka tagged her in. So then, regardless if she would have missed, it didn't matter. You see what I mean? And so, so she did this job. Though Lacey was there. The the, the unveiling of, Jay, of of the surprise was that she <sighs> was going to job out. Surprise! This is going to be useless. Kabaiki, that saved the whole bit for me. I swear to God. Oh God. <laughs> So then we get the Firefly Funhouse and uh, Ramblin' Rabbit is worried about the fact that Rollins is here and he looks really angry. And for some reason, Bray's not as worried and he's reassuring that everything's going to be okay. But it's not because Rollins comes and kicks his ass right on his own show. And he sets it on fire. He burns it down. He beats up the, he throws the uh, the pictures around. I don't know what happened to the puppets. He might have fucking killed them for all we know. But then, right. he, uh, <laughs> you know but then he, uh, he throws gasoline and he sets the whole thing on fire. He burns it down. They might have all died in there, you know? This is the second time that somebody's burned his shit down. Remember when Orton burned down his cabin? Mm-hmm. Only difference know. is we got flashing images of the fiend. So I guess because they announced that Crown Jewel, we're gonna do it again, but falls count anywhere. I would have just said no fucking stoppages. But uh, they they should yeah. make the revelation that the that the Firefly Funhouse is the cabin, and then we see the cabin like come back or some shit. I don't know. Do something real freaky. It, it, I, and this is me stretching. This is me saying as if I was writing it because, you know, intelligence, the flashing images of the fiend almost give it a sense like the Firefly Funhouse was the only bit of control Bray still had over it. So now that Seth has burned it down, in a sense, he's opened Pandora's box. Yeah. What happened after he burned it down? Because we still hear the fiend laughing, right? Yeah, it's um some images of um the fiend started flashing over and over again. That's why I'm saying it almost gives me that kind of an indication. Like the Firefly Funhouse was some kind of way of for Bray to still have control. Doesn't that just be full powered fiend? That would be cool. Yeah. 
they kid, I mean, they, Seth, they, they, Seth? they basically uh, kid booed him. It's like, ha, you thought that what you were doing was going to make this better. Now you're double fucked. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. So who's going to be the Goku in that situation? Because that was my favorite part of the whole scene. Because I never heard him worried like that. It'll be Roman. Oh, nah, God. It'll be, be like, why are you doing this? It'll have to be Rollins after this whole thing. It's about time they let Rollins get his heat back. Because it felt like every time we watched uh, Rollins, he'd be cowering in fear in a corner somewhere. Like, there's so many shots yeah. from him cowering in fear that I started to think, you know what? You guys talk about this guy like he's your savior. When's he going to get his heat back in this angle? Because every time I see him, it doesn't look like it's happening. Oh, you believe know. me, Stacey, I know. Because, see, I'm thinking of it as if I was right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was it. That was Raw, you know, which, by the way, we can't go over their ratings yet. But since we're going over all of the other ratings, we'll talk about the fact that last week they basically had a drop because the season premiere was 2.701 million viewers. And uh this time it was 2.334 million viewers. So they lost almost 500, about four and a half, 450 million, I guess. So it seems like AEW took the least hit yeah. out of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. So, so about 200,000 viewers is what, is what they dropped here. So everybody's going through drops <sighs> right now. Even AEW, you know, but everybody's going through drops. We're going to have to see how this progresses and see where it lays itself out throughout these upcoming weeks. Yeah, AEW is the only one that had more a more valid excuse for their drop. Exactly. Yeah, well, their drop was still they still even counting both networks. That's still a lower yeah. number. But yeah, they still took a little bit of a hit. Yeah, like I said, we'll see where everything plays out. Is it for news? We got anything else going on here? We're wrapping up. No, that's it. I mean, the only thing really is you mentioned Selena Vega. She will be a playable playable character as well in 2K. She wants to be a manager this year. Yeah, they drafted her without drafting her, just like Sami Zayn got drafted with Nakamura without being officially announced. You know, they just don't care. They don't give a fuck. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Okay, when your ass going backwards behind the finish line, don't say nothing when I cross. Yeah, exactly. Don't go fuck around and get lapped. You keep playing. All right, guys. Well, that being said... Thank you to everyone who has hung out with us for this entire episode. Kula Ice and Joe Woko, Emang, Stasis Dreams, Mark 710, Death Magnetic, Magnetic 78, LP X Men, Lapworth, Matt Squires, um, another Destiny here, Destin 3D 2K 177, Derry Lockett 2977, Sooner Ken 1971, Willie V2, Saku Hasu aka Marceline the Vampire Queen, uh, Wild Beerhawk 34, Dursaw Celery 787, Kaylee, Seth Rollins 169, it's me who killed you 80. Thank you for the follow. And Isaiah 2216. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 346, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin, we are out of here. And next week, I'm tearing a wet napkin. We out here, Fury. Shut it down.